You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for Tauntauns and Twinks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey baby, what's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. But, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can totally Superboy Prime punch this so it makes sense, <laughs> you know? I have a headset, it looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. Grimlock, I told you to take care of things while I was gone. <laughs> we do a podcast? What the fuck? True Bears, I just received no orders. Our superiors say Fanholes is cancelled. We can all go home. The fan holes are getting paid off for their crimes, and our friends who have died listening to them will have died for nothing. But we can all go home. Well, I'm not going home. I'm going to get on my boat, and I'm going a breather, and I'm going to listen to fan holes so hard that the next fan holes wannabes are gonna hear it. Now, who wants to go home? And who wants to go with me? Hey folks, welcome back once again to the Fan Holes Podcast. We are going to be talking about some fun stuff this week. We got kind of like what we call our Franken shows. I know you've heard me use that term before. We also have been kind of batting around the uh, not imaginary and completely real Fan Holes Podcast offices that this is the uh, Mike Thunderwing show, but... Uh, we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff this week, a lot of myriad topics and whatnot. Um, as always, I am Tony Chankwall, your, your gracious and humble host. I do – this is awesome. I'm really happy about this. We've had some uh, personal and, and work-related stuff happen to the fan holes the last couple months, so it's been uh, kind of iffy if we can get all five of us here at one night. But this is one of those shows where you get the full complement of the fan holes. Uh, again, I am who I just said I was. Who else is here this week? Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. I will send your karma to hell. <laughs> hey, it's uh, Mike Thunderwing, and I was hoping to maneuver this podcast towards that blackish, holish thing. <laughs> it, might, it might just give us some sort of gravity boost. <laughs> and this is Space Sheriff Grimlock. <laughs> nice. Um, in case you can't tell by some of the uh, above mentioned uh quotes we're gonna be talking about a couple of things this week first off uh one of the things that was actually referenced a few minutes ago was futurama it's a tv show originally on the fox network it has been resurrected through the power of dvd and comedy central to have new episodes we're going to be talking about that also in comics land we're going to be talking about a miniseries called last day on the records this was an idw release it was a four issue miniseries having to do with if you're a fan of the transformers one of the favorite sub-teams of all time, the Wreckers. But we'll go more into that as we get to the topic. Also, we're going to be pretty much kind of going into a weird movie topic. Weird as in, we're going to be talking about a movie so bad that you like it. 
it's just so horrible that you're like, this is enjoyable. I want to watch this. So, I, I guess I guess it would be one of those MST3K kind of movies. This this should be something uh, Justin should be awesome at because he he watches a lot of interesting movies for the uh, the uh, retrovirus uh, blog. Finally, we're also going to be talking about Madhouse Marvel anime. This is going to be kind of for the future in a imaginary sense. We're going to kind of come up with a couple of shows if they decide to go on with the Madhouse series that we'd like to see from them. Just a couple of uh, characters or team books or whatever that seem that would be kind of cool. So we'll be expounding upon our ideas with that. But we're going to trudge forward as the fanhole soldiers always do. I got better things to do tonight than die. Um, we're going to be talking about Last Stand of the Wreckers first and foremost. Uh, since we did kind of unofficially label this to Mike, I want to go ahead and throw it to him first. I know he's a big fan of the series. Um, we're just going to kind of just, you know, talk about why we liked it. It's been out for a while. Just our own trade paperback. What was uh, really great about the record, Last Stand of the Records for you, Mike? Well, first of all, like, it, it came out during a time where the only other Transformer comics were, like, the ongoing, which has since, which it was, has uh, just wrapped up its run, has since, like, been labeled largely negative, you know, neg- in, in a negative context, I'll say. And the other thing that was running at that time was, like, the Bumblebee miniseries. So right there, it had the advantage. The other advantage it has is that it was an actually good story, and I think it would have stood out even if it was, like, you know, running alongside, like, Furman's, like, best stuff or whatever. So, you know, that it had that going for it, too. I, I've always liked the Wreckers, but I felt like they never were really, like, given a chance to do anything like effectively like you know Furman introduced the wreckers back in you know marvel uk and it's like they're the wreckers the elite commando unit and oops you know their leader just got killed and then like (laughs) you know springer like takes over command and then like the very next storyline it's like uh they're the wreckers the elite commando unit and oops, they all got their asses beat down, you know? And, and then, like, it gets to, like, Time Wars, and it's like, they're the Wreckers, the elite <laughs> commando unit, and, oh, they all got killed, you know? So, yeah, and, they, it, like... They, they died a lot for being the badasses of the Autobots. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to stuff like, you know, the BotCon comics, where they have, like, the Beast Wars-era Wreckers that are, like, pretty much the new Avengers of the Wreckers, pretty much, you know? Like, you've got, what what's his face, like, uh... Like, all the Transmetal 2 guys, like Sonar and Spidor and, like, the little Deployer drones and, like, uh... And was, that you're the, like, was that the one with RC and, like, Black Arachnid? Yeah, or RC yeah. and, like, Tigatron and, yeah, they were, like, all Wreckers. And I'm like, these guys are all Wreckers? What? They're, like, the new <laughs> Avengers of the Wreckers or whatever, but... Um, just what whoever they thought was like cool at the time. Yeah, I, exactly. I remember like I, I I do remember being happy because I was like, oh dude, there's Rodimus Prime at least. Like I yeah, at least him. Rodimus was there. Yeah, <laughs> but it he, seemed like had... it seemed like a lot of knockoff guys, right? Like yeah, all, yeah, all like exclusives and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like a pri- primal Prime, the like Optimus Prime colored Optimal Optimus and right, stuff. Right, right, or like that. yeah, it's like. Hey, kids, remember DevCon for the cartoon? Now he's a race car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, that that pattern kind of continued, even, like, even like in Dreamwave, like, the Wreckers showed up once or twice, but they were just there to, like, show up. And then finally, like, in, when IDW started and Furman started first using them, I think in uh, Stormbringer, like, they were actually badass. Like, they showed up and they, like, they got things done. 
and I was like, oh, finally, you know, I, I've always thought the concept of the Wreckers was, like, cool, but they never, like, had much to show for it, really, so I was really happy, like, when Storm, I think, yeah, Stormbringer, when, like, Springer's team of Wreckers showed up, and they actually, like, owned everyone, so... And then, you know, when I heard there was going to be a miniseries and when I heard that it was uh, Nick Roach, like, you know, writing and drawing it, I was really happy because I've been a big fan of Nick Roach for a long time. Um, I love, like, his Spotlight Cup. Uh, I know, like, it get, it's a little controversial, but I think it's a good uh, issue. And I liked his, uh, like, there's that one, like, 11-page story in All Hail Megatron about Prowl and, like, uh, that's really good that he wrote and drew. And then... um. It turns like I hear that uh, James Roberts is going to be co-writing it with him, and uh, James Roberts uh, wrote like pretty much. It's technically fan fiction, but it's like a four hundred and something page novel called Eugenesis, uh, set in like the Marvel Transformers continuity. And I read that, and I was like, "Wow, this is like the best Transformers book I've ever read." And granted, it doesn't have much, you know, competition, but it it actually is an excellent, excellent, like, professionally done, like, novel. And I was like, oh, great, he's going to be writing stuff, too? Awesome. And, you know, they did not disappoint. I, I was, uh, I was to like, I had that feeling you get when you're reading a comic book month to month where you just can't wait for the next issue. And, like, even the week when the issue, like, comes out, you're like, oh, my God, what if it's not there? You know, I'm going to have to, like, suffer, you know? <laughs> You know, you like that fear you have where you're like, oh, what if, what yeah. if it's not there? What if I have to like, I'm going to have to drive like a, a state over to the other comic store. That's right. Yes. I'll find it there if it's not here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it, it really that that series really had that effect on me. So like, you know, that's that that speaks very highly of it. And, uh, you know, um, I like I said um, before, uh like when when Wreckers was released or Last Stand of the Wreckers, uh, like they they had the ongoing, which was clearly catered to like selling to like newer fans or maybe fans that came in with like the movie series. Like I remember when we when we talked about the IDW Transformers comics in an earlier podcast, like uh, Derek, I think you were saying how it seemed to you like they were like introducing a lot of elements like the milit the humans and the military and like even like the physical designs of the transformers to like kind of hook in like the bay movie like audience and then like you had that and then you had like the bumblebee miniseries which was also kind of trying to hook in like a movie audience because you know bumblebee was such a like visible franchise character and stuff at that point but then records even, even, even though they drew him in like G1 style <laughs> yeah yeah, it was it was clearly supposed to be G1 Bumblebee, but you know, what I was going to say, he wasn't a friggin' mute or whatever, so yeah. But, you know, Rec Wreckers was written directly to appeal to not only, like, people who had liked Furman's, like, IDW stuff, but, pe like, people who, like, all the way back to Marvel comics and stuff. So, yeah, it does, you know. it does seem to have that kind of amalgamated feel of, like, you know, like the TMNT movie that came out in 2007 where it seems to draw from, like, the, the you know, I guess the best parts, if you will, from lots of different uh previous incarnations to make like a really kind of neat and tight story yeah, yeah. definitely it's, like it's fanboy got... friendly without being patronizing well yeah. you don't you don't have to know it's not like you're lost if you don't know about it but it's kind of clever and cool when you're like oh yeah like this kind of is like 
you know, Overlord's file card from, you know, the UK uh, toy line or whatever, you know, and it's like just little stuff like where you, you know, it's just you can you can tell there's care and attention and detail put into stuff, um, you know, and, and, you know, for the people that aren't aware of some of those little touches, it's still an entertaining story that they can follow without, you know, maybe they don't know all the nuances, but but the people that are aware of the nuances just make you know, it makes a guy like Mike, you know, he, you know, he'll gush over it even more because it's, it's something where you feel like, oh, hey, you know, they, you know, they, they know what they're writing about and they seem to enjoy it and everything, you know, so. Yeah, I, I know, I know Mike was really excited because there's like a lot of the Wreckers teams, their obscure characters were just made up like Rack and Ruin and stuff like that. But like this whole team is like all obscure toys almost. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna, like the one like the few people who are really really bashing it back when it was coming out. Like one of the things I kept hearing that made no sense to me was like, oh, I don't know who any of these characters are, and I was like, well, you clearly didn't read the first issue because like they introduce all the characters, you know, <laughs> and it's like, well, why, you know. And even if you don't know who those characters are, you know, you've got, like, Springer and Cup and Perceptor there to, like, you know, ease you in and stuff. So, I mean, you know, it's that, that didn't seem like a valid criticism to me, so... Um, and it also well, had Ver, Ver, Verity Carlo, so... Yeah, and she was, like, you know, from Furman's run, so if you only started then, at least you had that, but... Well, it's kind of like what you were talking about, though, too. You could go back to Stormbringer or, or you know, even... Even in in some weird way, like you know, some to me it just reminded me of like you know, like they they seem to have a prehistory, and maybe that's what people were trying to pin a complaint on. But I actually kind of enjoyed it because it felt like they had a rich history, even though you know conceivably this might be the first time anybody was exposed to them. So it didn't feel like they were bare bones characters. You yeah. Know, like, so. Well, what what I really liked though is that. And when you read, like, Last Stand of the Wreckers, and then you read, like, the first arc of, like, the Mike Costa ongoing, if you read the first arc of the Mike Costa ongoing, it's like, oh, the war is over, you know? Like, we're just all hanging out on Earth, and there's nothing to do, you know? <laughs> and then you then you read, like, Last Stand of the Wreckers, which, like, supposedly takes place, like, around the exact same time, but in space. And, you know, everyone's like, yeah, uh, that the Optimus Prime and those guys, they're, that's all bullshit about the war being over, you know? We've We've, there's still like millions of things going around in space that we have to take care of, and yet d don't pay attention to those losers on Earth. You know, it's just a, it was just that kind of feeling where it's like, yeah, you know, uh, it, it's kind of like, it, it, don't pay attention to those people who didn't research anything. You know, we know what's really going on. You know, so space is cool. Yeah, yeah space is cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. When when it comes to Transformers, I wholeheartedly agree with you with that, Derek. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I think one of the cool things is like you're talking about like obscure characters and like you know, oh, I don't know who these people are. Is like, yeah, there, there's that. I I give you that that they're like not very well known, but the way they wrote it, <clears throat> it was really cool because it, it was very G1 because every single fucking character that you didn't know, like Guzzle or Rotor Storm or any of that, they gave them such distinct personalities. You like really kind of you know start to root for them because you're like, I know this character type. I like that, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's really a testament to how well, like, they built up the characters that, like, you know, Rotor Storm's only been around for two issues, and then he gets killed, like, in the first five pages of issue three, and you're like, what? What? You know? <laughs> 
not Rotorstorm. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, I I got I'd gotten used to him already, and he was uh, I was like, why well, he died? What? So you know, yeah. I thought that was pretty effective. Uh, that kind of leads into a question I actually had for the rest of you guys. Like another point of criticism I hear, and this is kind of a not really criticism, but I don't know. Like some people might you know be put off by this, but were you guys like put off at all by like the gore in like the series? Like Nick Roach like said like he specifically wanted to like you know push the envelope and like make make it certain you know when people were getting killed and tortured and what that were you guys like put off by that at all or were you just like ads eh, transformers you know robots i i i can see that how the quotient was upped like i i can see that throughout the story um but i don't yeah i i don't know i i don't think i was put off by it at all like i think i think there were some things where you know how like when you're reading um like a, a, a manga or something. And like, I, I, I just, I'm going to compare it to something I've been reading lately, but it reminded me of, I, I was reading uh, this manga Rikio and like, there's some stuff in it where it's kind of typical. Oh, the guy's locked in prison or whatever, but it's kind of like this fist of the North star dragon ball Z thing, but in a prison. And then it's like, all of a sudden something really, really outrageously violent will happen. You know, like where he does his like super move and then he like punches the guy's chest and his fucking heart goes like right throughout the other fucking side. And then they fucking pick it up and eat it or some shit. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit, like what the fuck just happened? And there's kind of like moments like that where it's like, yeah, OK, there's a bunch of Transformers fighting and they're on Garrus 9 and they're in space and everything. But when you see kind of like the way Overlord sets up his his, I guess, uh, his Regime. his attention getting uh, scheme, you know, to get Megatron's, you know, attention or whatever. Like you see how brutal and kind of, you know, just, you know, there's those moments where, you know, kind of like what you're saying where, you know, Rotorstorm gets nailed or, you know, you look at guys like, I mean, for me, it's like, I, I remember having the toy for, um, for kickoff, you know, and it's like yeah. hearing the story about kickoff, it's like, well, did kickoff fight the, you know, 12 fights? Like, what's the choice, you know? And it's like, you're kind of like, oh, his final choice was to commit suicide or fight uh, Overlord. And he's like, well, what's the fucking choice, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, yeah. you're screwed if you do and you're screwed if you don't, you know, and that kind of thing. And it's kind of like, you know, a lot of those moments where, you, you know, yeah, there's some heavy shit, but I, I don't think I was put off by it. It's more like you just. I think to me, I just took it as like, oh, these guys are fucked up and you want to see, you know, whoever the hero is, you want to see Rikio or Impactor or, you know, Springer or whoever, you know, it's like you want these guys, you know, it's kind of like, you know, in Zeta where, you know, uh, you know, you, you want to see guys get fucked up because you're like, this guy's an asshole, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's like that kind of thing. So, I mean, that's kind of how I took it. Like, I felt bad when, um. You know, I was like, oh, I had I had twin twist. Oh, man, they're pulling out twin twist teeth. He looks fucked up. You know, like, yeah, you know, and so, like, it, yeah, you like it when Springer stabs uh, that uh, stalker in the face. Yeah. yeah it's, you know, it's, it's cool. like you're like, you're like, good. Like, get that motherfucker. You know, yeah. I, I thought it felt pretty uh, well with the theme of like, you know, the theme was like, you know, sometimes people die and they don't die in a heroic way or they die in like, a, you know, unglamorous kind of stupid way and i thought the violence kind of complemented that pretty well so it didn't bother me at all that it was you know kind of overly violent i guess what about you brian did you did you find it was to the extreme or no i actually enjoyed it um 
kind of like what Derek was saying. It really made you like loathe some of the baddies that were doing all this, and you were like really ready to see them get theirs, um, especially toward the end of the book after you've seen like how they treated everyone on the planet. Um, thinking of the book as a whole, though, like the only real complaint that I have of, over the whole thing was I really didn't understand like Overlord's supposed attention getting like scheme because he's like there for three years. You know, and then it's not even Megatron that shows up. It's a bunch of Autobots. So it just seems it just seemed kind of weird, like how like uh, I don't know, badass and like um, I don't know, just what a badass Overlord was. So he wasted all of his time like on this planet for three years, basically just holding gladiatorial games for other Decepticons. It's like really, and that's the best use of your time you could make. <laughs> seems like that was his thing, though. Like like. That was kind of I, I I don't know if if I'm just reading too much into it, but I mean I kind of enjoyed Overlord's kind of arc because he, he doesn't really realize that until like the last issue. Like I, I know you're saying like I get what you're saying. You're like, dude, three years and you didn't wake up and you didn't smell the roses and that kind of stuff. But like he really didn't. Like he was kind of like a connoisseur of that kind of lifestyle. Like he didn't he didn't follow Megatron because he believed in any kind of you know, ideals that Megatron was espousing. He just liked the games. He liked, yeah. he liked the, you know, the kind of the, 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 you know, the means to achieve Megatron's goals, but he didn't care what the goals were. Like if prime would have let him fuck up a bunch of guys in a gladiator <laughs> ring, he would have been, he would have been for prime too. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. he was just kind of about the, the excess, you know? And like, he, I think he thought if he made a world of, you know, such rich excess for himself, you know, like, cause it seemed like Megatron would have taken notice of that, but that's the whole point. Like that's so irrelevant to Megatron you know, that it just, it, it was almost like a slap in the face where you're kind of like, yeah, I don't care. Go ahead. Do, do whatever you're going to do. It doesn't even, you know, it doesn't even t- register with Megatron, I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, and all that, but with all, with all that Megatron was doing at that point, like, you know, in storyline and stuff, it was like, it was so not on his radar. You know, if it, if it had been like a different time. Megatron might have came down there and shook, you know, Overlord's hand and been like, well done, you know, you're one of my best officers. But with all the shit Megatron was doing, he was like, oh, so Overlord is killing a bunch of Autobots. Good for him. All right. Um, you know, <laughs> well, it's kind of like he gave him the choices, you know, and it was like, you know, he's like either you, you know, you stay here and do what the fuck I say or you fucking don't do what I say and I'll come and fucking kill you. But he was yeah. expecting him to come and kill him. But. It's like, it. I don't. I don't think that ever needed to be done. Like it does. It's not like he did anything that actually actively opposed anything and any plans that Megatron ever had, except for the fact that he wasn't going to be his, you know, his little personal warhead or whatever he says. You know. Yeah, I think part of it that might bother me is the time frame that it was a full three years, because in the beginning too, like the Decepticons that are taking Gar- Garrus Nine. Um, they're like talking about how it's gonna be, you know, uh, the the crown piece to Megatron's empire or something, uh, and then okay. and then Overlord comes and screws everything up, and then it's like Megatron doesn't even, you know, doesn't even notice basically. Yeah. So I don't know if it'd been like a lesser time frame, I guess it wouldn't been such a problem with me. But I mean, really, it's just a very minute um, thing that I found well, a little 
Brian, I, 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 I was about to say that. I think that was like kind of killing all the Furman shit. Like they did that because Garrus Nine was a Furman thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I I was gonna say um I think Megatron was well like like how, like basically you know how Verity pretty much like undoes Overlord at the end she says like you know what hey Megatron's been dead for a while did you know that and you know Overlord just kind of like oh crap <laughs> but uh I think Megatron was actually well dead quote unquote at that point when when the Garrus Nine raid started. Or at least, like, very close to... Because, um, all hail Megatron. That's when Megatron quote-unquote died at the end. And, like, that that only was supposed to have taken place over a few months. So, you know, Megatron probably... Like, the only reason Megatron didn't, like, you know... Might have not have... He might have not have noticed anyway, but he might have not have noticed because he'd been, like, up, laid up for those three years, too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Like, most of these Transformer books, anyways, I was collecting by trade. So, things that were happening happening concurrent to one another, like, when you get it by trade, just whenever, you don't realize that stuff. So, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing, yeah. It kind of, well, I was actually, like, picking up issue by issue, and I'm still confused about the time frame. So, yeah, I can see what you're, where you're coming from, at least, you know. But yeah, yeah. I, I just I just wanted to say yeah, like because that that seemed to be like a, a a bone of contention with some people, like some like posts I read like on like the IDW boards and stuff where they're like, this doesn't feel like Transformers to me, you know, and like oh. it's just people who have only seen like the original cartoon or whatever, and you know. But I I, I but was isn't gonna that, say... isn't that what people liked about like watching the movie too? Is that people you know got got fragged and it was actually like there were some some actual consequences to that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. So. It's it, that's kind of weird like and then I guess I guess maybe I fall into that category of like yeah, okay, I was sad when Optimus Prime died, but I still do have that feeling of it it, it seeing Twin Twist's jaw get mangled and and ripped out is not the same thing as if you know, you saw like you know, a Vertigo comic book where, like, some poor dude's got his jaw, like, ripped open and, like, you know, you see some guy's skin get cut off from his face or whatever, like, that's There's a little still more... robots. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, there, there's some... It's like, it's like, you know, Springer basically gets the same thing done to him that the Joker gets done to him in Detective Comics number one. You know, his face gets skinned. But to me, the Joker thing is a lot more gruesome personally to me than than springer because i'm still in that kind of mode of dude he'll he'll get a new faceplate like it's cool like (laughs) it's not i don't know it's not quite as you know i don't know gruesome to me you know yeah Yeah, with robots the impact is definitely like a little bit less uh i don't know it's more blunt uh, I was I was just gonna say that like in the in the extras for the trade something that makes me laugh is like one of the extras like a bunch of notes and stuff about the series and it's like uh, Nick Roach it says like the the panel that makes Nick Roach laugh the most in this whole issue when he was drawing it is the panel when Overlord mentions how he already order he already like ordered all the Autobot prisoners to be executed and there's like a panel of a, a decapitated Autobot with a with the Autobot badge stuffed in his mouth, and he says that panel <laughs> always makes me laugh. <laughs> what a sick fuck! Yeah, he's um, like he he always admits he's like oh yeah he's like I wanted to make the violence as like unambiguous as possible. So yeah, it's definitely not yeah. There's no no 
squirming away from any of the uh, violence. That's for sure. I, I was going. I was going. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to add. Uh, they like him and James Roberts actually said that the things that got trimmed the most and like by editor like IDW and stuff is like the language. Like they had a bunch of like Cybertronian swears and stuff that were like so yeah that that they, they, they said they're they're they were so like like close to real swears that they couldn't use them and stuff and there was actually that they said there was actually a line when like that got cut that they couldn't use where um when rotor storm first arrives when they all arrive and confront overlord rotor storm goes to overlord so i hear you have a penal dysfunction problem <laughs> <laughs> and they said that line had to get cut though <laughs> i want that line in the director's cut right now <laughs> Oh, he's a he's a breastmaster, isn't he? <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> Overlord. Oh yeah, well, Overlord is yeah. I thought you were talking about Rotorstorm. Uh, I was just gonna I was gonna throw in my two cents about the violence. Um, it's really short, really. I, I just kind of took it as like a dirty dozen kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, because I mean, it's it the the book is called the fucking last stand of the records. So I mean, you can't really walk into it thinking you know they're gonna eat lollipops and talk about ponies. You know, <laughs> it was like. You know, I, I I just think that like when you walk into that kind of comic, you you had to have certain expectations for violence, and not only that, but like the violence to me was very pulp fictiony, is in that it was it was very graphic and it was very brutal, but almost to the point of comical in some points. If yeah, you know what I'm I, I, I get yeah. you. Yeah. Well, it has that, that maybe that yeah. kind of Garth Ennis vibe to it, you know. Yeah, it's still horrible. You wouldn't want any of this shit to happen to your friends or anything, but still, when you're looking at it, you're like, like Rotorstorm, you know, he just gets his friggin' head, you know, just blown the fuck off, you know, more or less. Yeah, it's it's funny, because I know Mike said he took it as like, oh, I really got to know the character and thought he was cool, and to me, I, I part of me almost took it as, uh, haha, stupid toy got blown away. Like, <laughs> like I mean, I, I almost kind of took it that way, too, where it was like, Almost like a you know uh, '90s fate getting stabbed in the back, you know. Because I was kind of <laughs> like, I was like, "Rotor Storm, you're lame." Like, and yeah, you cracked me up, but man, what did you think was going to happen when you cracked <laughs> jokes in front of like the big bad? Like, you thought like everything was going to be hunky dory, you know? Like, I don't know. It was kind of funny to me. So yeah, I was going to bring up one more character because uh, we actually have glanced over him, and he was very popular in it. Um, I, I noticed that, like, more or less in a lot of ways, because I know you were a fan of him in the uh, Beast Wars uh, Ascension and Gathering comics. Uh, did, did you like Iron Fist arc? He had kind of a similar kind of fate kind of going on. What are you, are you, are you talking about Razor Beast? Or... Well, no, I'm saying the, like, Beast, the Beast Wars you just I, I mentioned? Like, I, I was, like, comparing Iron Fist to Razor Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I like, like you know, like, well... I don't know, they're kind of different characters, like, I oh, mean, yeah, Razor... They, they, they had kind of, like, the whole self-sacrificing moment, though. Yeah, 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 like, you know, they they, I, they made, they were made very likable over the course of those, like, four issues, and, like, uh, yeah, they both ended up dying at the end of their, their respective arcs, and, yeah, you know, I, I liked, I, they, both, both of them ended up being, like, some of my favorite, like, they, they made the top, like, 20 favorite characters list now because of their like little arcs and stuff but yeah i really like iron fist and i'm I'm kind of i'm kind of sad that he died but it was like very like poignant at the end there yeah oh and and for the record uh derek did kind of give it away in case you haven't read this and you aren't a fan of transformers comics impactor does make an appearance he he doesn't really come back he's not dead in the idw universe but he does come back and he doesn't fucking die (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> well, it's, fu- it's funny. Uh, the guy who kills him in the Marvel comics, uh, Macabre, uh, he is the one like Impactor kills like first in this comic, you know, when he's <laughs> executing all of them. So nice, nice. That was pretty awesome. The Squadron X, like they're they're every single like generic named Decepticon and like from the Marvel comics made up that. Yeah, whole... yeah. So that was like that was. <sighs> yeah, fan. I was gonna ask if Squadron X was actually real or if they're in any other books. Yeah. Well, every single one of them showed up in the Marvel comics, like, you know, non-toy, comic-exclusive Decepticons, pretty much. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. never showed up as Squadron X, but they're all actual characters, yeah. Yep. Hey, I was going to ask something, um, and I, just, I was just wondering if I was reading into it or not, but, um, and I guess listeners will have to look this shit up for themselves, but, um, uh, what I was just gonna show you guys a picture of uh, the losers, uh, and it's like a you know it's a, a comic book drawing, but of the movie poster. And then uh, I was just wondering, like, because what I kind of noticed when I was reading through the the uh, miniseries was they have the uh, cover to issue number four, and I was kind of like, oh, like I don't know why, like that totally reminded me of the same uh, image. And I was just wondering if that was like some kind of subtle uh, oh, yeah. homage or whatever. But I don't know if, if that comes from something else. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know yeah. if there's some other cover that it's, that both are yeah. taken from, but, but I was kind of like looking at it kind of going, this reminds me of something. And I was like, I thought about it for a little bit and I went, Oh yeah, that's what it reminds me of. But I was like, I wasn't sure if maybe there's some other movie poster or some other comic type thing where there's some kind of similar, you know, uh, type image, but it, the, the cover to issue four, like totally reminds me of that losers poster. So, yeah, it, yeah. it, I, Just... I, it, I was thinking, yeah, it might be what you said that there might be some kind of other thing that that's homaging, but yeah, it could be. And four of those guys do not show up in the comic at all. <laughs> yeah, only well, not... flashback. Yeah. Only flashback yeah, yeah. only. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess we should move on, though. We, we have been talking about this for a minute. Um, would anybody like to do any kind of recap thoughts about it, though? Any any uh, extra stuff you want to add before we move on? Um, I was always really appreciative of the art because um, in the other Transformer books at the time, like, the art was, I don't know, I guess over-detailed is probably an appropriate description, but, like, it was always really difficult to tell what was going on for me. And uh, Nick Roche... He's, like, able to draw detailed bots, but you can see exactly what's happening, and the story is really easy to follow, so I appreciated that a lot. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of Ed McGinnis. He has kind of, like, an anime, yet cartoony style, but it works really well. I, I'm I'm just pleased as punch that James Roberts and Nick Roach are taking over one of the new ongoings in January. So I'm hoping this will be an upswing for uh, IDW uh, Transformers comics. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think many fanboys, you know, and I hate to use that term, but it is kind of true. I think many fanboys have considered Last Day on the Wreckers, even if they didn't like it as a total package, they still enjoyed enough to really consider it one of IDW's best efforts. So, definitely, yeah. As far as pimping it out, real quick, uh, you can look up the individual issues if you'd like. You can get them in like comic shops in the back issue bin. But fuck that, go for the trade paperback. It's got all the good stuff, and you get the whole story. So, 
I, also, I, also, I should mention uh, it's coming out in hardcover with 40 extra pages in like a month or so. So might want to wait for that. <laughs> what's what's I, the 40 extra pages? Uh, they're not allowed to say yet. Like someone asked them on the board like a week ago and they're like, we well, can't say anything yet. <laughs> Dude, if, if, if they told you, Impactor would have to come to your house and shoot you in the fucking face. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> Or, or harpoon you. I was about to say, yeah, I was about to go with harpoon, yeah. <laughs> Stab you in the eyeball. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I totally recommend it. it it's, it's, it's worth the uh, money to plunk down on it. Isn't there anything else you can tell me? Nah, nothing that wouldn't be a waste of your time. That's impossible, because my time is worthless. But yeah, I, I guess from the wreckers, the only place to move on to now is... To welcome you to the world of tomorrow! Yeah, we're going to talk about some Futurama, folks. Um, I I won't give it too much of a uh, uh, a pimp hype, because you should have seen this show by now. It was really popular when it came on Fox. It I thought, unfortunately, got the axe way too soon. Um, I don't know why they decided to cancel it. They gave it a shitty time slot, for one. But it did come back. It came back in DVDs first. It was, it was, there, were, there was four quote-unquote feature-length movies. You can look up the titles for those. I can tell you them, but, I mean, you know, do some homework, folks. I, I tell you the first one is Bender's Big Score. Go from that. But because of the popularity of those DVDs, it has come back full force. It's now in its second season on Comedy Central. Uh, I don't know if that season wrapped up yet or not. I think it did, at least the, the mid-season. They, the Comedy Central is really fond of the uh, half-season thing where they do half a season, then they do the rest of the season. But, uh... Yeah, Futurama, it's, it's a great cartoon. I, I think it's better than The Simpsons in a lot of ways. Um, I, I would say, hard. like, um, I, I think I got out of The Simpsons right as Futurama was coming on. And Futurama seems like a lot more of an intelligent show. And, I don't know, the jokes just seem to be a lot more on my level than The Simpsons were at that time. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. It, it, it does make you think. And, I mean, I guess it doesn't hurt that most of us who, who are on the podcast are pretty big sci-fi fans and oh my god there is no sci-fi sacred cow that is fucking sacred they will run over anything on that show <laughs> and they do it in a really good way i mean it's really entertaining um actually brian since since you did pipe up i mean like uh what, what's some what's some more like detailed stuff you like about it or like a favorite episode or something uh favorite episode i have to go with jurassic bark um <laughs> i think that's gonna be probably not the only one that says i won't be the only one that says that but um Going back to like an old show, I remember we were talking about. I think it started with the death of Optimus Prime. I was like, ah, oh, it didn't bug me. And so Derek was asking me if like any cartoon was capable of moving me, and I couldn't really think of any off the top of my head. But um, you know, going back and reviewing Futurama for this show, yeah, that's definitely one that touched me. Um, I am a dog lover, and I don't know, just that the last image of Seymour waiting for Fry, and it really tugged on my heartstrings. Yeah, I guess I'm just weird because like. That episode, the thing that really got me was like Seymour going, row, 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 row. No, 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 I kid. Actually, actually, that, that episode did kind of get me like in the old cockles of the heart. Because, I mean, it was, just a, it was just a boy and his dog, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, that that's a really good one. Uh, I, I, any episode I, like the Harlem Globetrotters is also pretty much gold in my book. Uh, uh, Brian, <laughs> not, not the Harlem Globetrotters, the space Harlem Globetrotters. Right. <laughs> uh, what about you, Mike? I know you're a pretty big fan too. Is there like a favorite episode of yours, or would you just like to? Watch? I was just, I, I was just gonna say I can't even watch Jurassic Park anymore because I know I'll like <laughs> I'll cry at the end of it. 
But, <laughs> you're just gonna no. lose it, man. I, I, yeah, just in general thoughts. I, I love the show. Uh, like, like Brian says, it, it's a, it's a lot more intellectual than most things, you know, that are even on today and stuff. And like, I, they use a lot of like word play and you know, st- just stuff I really like as like, you know, sort of an amateur writer myself. I just like the way they like play with words and phrases. Like one of my favorite lines from Fry is when, uh, what do you call? Uh, uh, someone says like you can't do this, and Fry goes, "I'll be whatever I want to do." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it just, I I just love stuff like that, and uh, you know, as for, I I didn't even think of a, like write down or anything like a favorite episode because I just there's so many good ones, and like the nicest thing I can say about the show is that like I can't think of any bad episodes off the top of my head. And like I, I even like yeah, all the characters. I I love all the characters, and you know I'll just say like any Zap Brannigan heavy episode, I usually will rank near the top. And uh, um, you know now that I think of it, like I'm I'm flashing through a bunch of them in my head. I I think I, the one where Fry thinks he's a robot is probably my favorite episode. <laughs> just because I friggin' love uh, what's his face, uh, Roberto, the the stabby stab, you know, robot. <laughs> but, well, you know, Mike, the most attractive part of a female is the boobies. <laughs> uh, I love, yeah, I love Zap Brannigan. He's just awesome. He's like, you know, he's basically like William Shatner, except you know, older, balder, and fatter, and like with less tact. So yeah, he's, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's William Shatner turned on ten. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's like, I'm, what... I'm, I'm hiding here in this barrel, much like the wily fish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. what, about, what about you, Derek? I, I, I don't know if you're a big fan or not. I know you haven't really said too much about it beforehand, but, but are you a pretty big Futurama fan? Or... Well, oh, yeah, uh, you, had basically, to, you had to kind of catch up, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, I kind of used, like, you know, Mike was kind enough to give me a cheat sheet, and I, I sort of started watching some episodes and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I was glad that I decided to uh, watch the first episode because I think it does a good job of, you know, laying all the ground rules for, like, all the episodes to come. You know, whether it's the, you know, the the preserved folks in, you know, the head jars or, you know, the cryo-freeze chamber. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, like, say I had watched Jurassic Bark before I watched the first episode, it wouldn't have had as much weight with me, you know, because I might have been a little confused. But since I watched the that, you know, the pilot episode first, I was like, oh, okay, this makes total sense and everything. And I could kind of, you know, keep up with most of the characters that were introduced and stuff like that. And that was, you know, that was a pretty good moving episode. I liked that episode. Uh, I thought the, the episode where they, they met everybody from Star Trek, you know, like that was kind of funny. So I went out of my way to watch that one and stuff like well, that. Well, she! Yeah, I was, I was, I enjoyed that. Um, you know, and so, so that's, you know, it's like, I, I and then I think I watched, I think the, the other one I watched was the one with, uh, where they all like go out as like superheroes and stuff and they're like, you know, uh, running around and she's got like the secret identity. And then, like, she tells her folks not to tell anybody, but then, of course, they tell everybody, so it's like... Yeah, and... I always liked that episode because Bender's superpower was the fact that he was a robot. <laughs> yeah. Super, super King, the best one of the three! <laughs> <laughs> uh, my... my... My favorite part of that episode is when they're they're trying to sneak away from the mayor to get into their costumes, and Fry just goes, and I can't take life anymore, and he just runs and jumps out the window. 
Yeah, I I, I love the, the what new Justice Team theme song. That was pretty good too. <laughs> Super King, Super King. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what what about you, uh, Justin? You've been kind of quiet. Are you are you a Futurama fan, sir? Oh yeah, um, I've been following it since the first episode started. Like, I guess kind of like Brian at the time. Like, I was a Simpsons fan, but I guess I was getting kind of burned out. So with Derek's mentality of space equals good, I was like, space <laughs> plus Simpsons equals great. So I really looked forward to it, and you know, I watched it ever since. Um, I guess my favorite episode of like the. I guess what I would call like the original run is that Star Trek episode where no fan has gone before, just because I'm a huge Star Trek fan and you know they they pretty much had everybody except Scotty and uh, uh, Doctor McCoy on there. But that's that's my favorite episode, and I guess of the new season that's on well, Comedy well, well, Central. To be to be fair, Justin, they were both dead at that point. I think James Duhon was still alive, yeah. but I think well, he, he refused. Uh, yeah, he refused to do yeah. it. I think they said. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I know but, DeForest was dead, though. He, he'd been yeah. dead for a while. <laughs> Sorry, but um, yeah. Like, of the new season, I guess my my favorite two episodes would be The Prisoner of Benda, and that's the episode where, like, everybody switches bodies back and forth a lot. Like, that one cracks me <laughs> up. Yeah. And yeah. I like the last episode of this season, um, Reincarnation, where it's just, like, a bunch <laughs> yeah. of different, like, anime styles, or not anime styles, but animation styles. You've got, like, an old black and white, like, kind of Fleischer style where it's kind of like goofy and everybody walks really funny and then you've got like a video game one and then like an anime one like that that episode really cracked me up like, oh, <laughs> the anim- yeah the anime one was genius pretty much <laughs> yeah the, what, what was it uh like uh um the old like the bad like 70s like type dubbing and stuff and the st- yeah. like still the stilted animation and stuff and and i i don't know it was just like all, all the like uh they 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 were trying to like I, I don't know how to explain it but you know if you've seen like bad 70s like anime you know like what and you watch that episode you like totally get it like oh filmation oh, filmation oh. yeah <laughs> um i was actually going to ask i guess Justin and uh Mike would be kind of the go-to guys on this question um do you think since the uh i guess you would say resurrection from comedy central i don't expect the show to surpass its earlier seasons but you th- do you think they've done a good job of holding up? Because I don't think Family Guy held up as well when it came back. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, I, I think they're what do you call? It? They're totally fine. Like they, what do you call yeah. it? It's not. I haven't noticed a decline in quality at all. Unlike like unlike Family Guy, when which like the very first episode back, I was like, really, you're gonna make fun of like Mel Gibson? Like you know, <laughs> that was like, oh okay. <laughs> You know, that yeah. seems like a little dated, but okay. I think the only Futurama thing I didn't really care for was that last movie. Like, it, it just felt like – I know it was only like an hour and a half, but it, to me it felt like a four-hour sermon about, like, <laughs> women's and the environment. I'm like, okay, I get it already. Just stop. But, like, that's that's the only Futurama thing I didn't like. But, like, this whole new season, like, I've really enjoyed every episode. So I think it's holding up fine compared to the the original series, I guess. I think the problem with like the DVDs is like, I like uh, Bender's uh, big score, and I, I like Bender's game. I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people like that or not. Yeah, like but, those uh, are those are my two favorites actually. Yeah, those are the ones I, I really got into. I I, th- I think the biggest problem with those is is the creators themselves said we knew that we were under the constraint by Comedy Central to make these into individual episodes, but also making a movie. 
So every 30 minutes, they had to have a cutoff point so they could have it in like, well, every 22 minutes, whatever. They had to have a cutoff point so they could fill it into a, a single episode. And that's just really fucking hard to do. You know? Yeah. So I, I think they kind of like not shot themselves in the foot, but I think they I don't think anybody could have done that really incredibly well. I think they were lucky they were able to do that with two of the movies. I'm probably my least favorite is the beast with a billion backs or whatever. I didn't like that one too much. That one was a little creepy with all the <laughs> tentacles going into people's mouths and stuff. Yeah, and that was yeah. a little creepy. <laughs> it was a little over the top, but yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was just, yeah, just not. Not right. Not right in a good way. Not right in a bad way. Not right in a good way. But uh, I, I am going to go on one more uh, little tangent, I guess. And, and uh, you know, sorry, listeners. This is just stuff that comes in my head sometimes. But who would you say? It, it, I Mike actually has already stated his favorite one is probably Zap Brannigan. Who else uh, has, like, a favorite character maybe? Or even if not, just, like, maybe a character you identify with? Anybody could take it. Uh, Justin or Derek, if you want to, like maybe name one that you just said, hey, that's kind of me, or hey, he's funny as hell. Like, I guess if I was anybody on the show, I would probably be Fry, <laughs> but I, I don't know that I can choose, like, just one favorite character. I mean, I love Fry, I love Bender, I love Zoidberg, I even like um, uh, Morbo, like the TV news announcer <laughs> with the big head, I love that guy. The news and, monster. <laughs> yeah, I like the robot devil, like, there's just so many, like, you know, reoccurring characters that, that just crack me up, it's hard to just choose, like, one favorite character. Nibbler is voiced by Frank Welker, so he should get low love from us. Yeah. As far as like non like main main characters, I like Kiff a lot. <laughs> I feel so bad for Kiff. He's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially that episode where it was like Bender and Amy. You're just like, well, what about Kiff? Yeah. He, he gets her back in the end, though. At least. Yeah. But... Yeah, and, it, and Amy was like well used well before she met Kiff. So yeah, true. yeah. <laughs> she was not a virginal last, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, what about you, Derek? Or, or heavy since you just recently got back into it? Do you not really have a favorite? I, I guess I would just say like I, I like the you know I kind of followed like the main guys, so I probably enjoy you know Fry and Bender the most of the characters I saw so far. Cool. I would I would have to kind of go out of the box, I guess, a little bit. I, I enjoy the entire, like, you know, primary cast. I find them all very, you know, funny. And Billy West is awesome. I, I love his voice work. But uh, <clears throat> I really like the robot devil for some reason. Just because he's just such a random-ass character. <laughs> Dan, Dan Castanoletta. Yeah. I, I think one of my favorite ones is where, uh, I don't know the actual episode title, I forget. But the one where uh, Fry makes a deal to get the robot devil's hand so he can play the holophoner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great episode. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. I like when like the 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 robot devil like uh, like shows up like later in the episode and he's like, "So Fry, are you enjoying my hands as much as I'm enjoying? The- Give me back my hands!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, "What have you done to them? They're like." clean <laughs> yeah he's like these things are always touching me in places <laughs> i think one of my favorite parts of that entire episode it's actually not the robot devil it's uh i think it's zoidberg who says it where they're all singing this big round table during the opera and like zoidberg's like i can't believe we're all ad-libbing <laughs> 
because <laughs> everything rhymes. So, oh man. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I guess. I mean, I don't really want to wrap this up, but I guess we should move on. Um, anybody have any like final thoughts on their uh, Futurama enjoyment or? Brian, were you gonna say something? Nope. Uh, I thought I heard you speak up. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I, that must have been my imagination. Brian was like, "My name is Brian Breakdown. <laughs> I will. <laughs> what is it? I will. Wait. You will not hurt the last of Brian Breakdown. Goodbye forever." <laughs> oh, Barbados, Barbados Slim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have not hurt the last of Barbados Slim. Now goodbye forever. <laughs> Great, great philandering uh, enemy for uh, good uh, our good bureaucratic Hermes. Um. I, I, about Futurama, I guess I would just say like I, I'm glad it's back, and I look forward to you know future many, 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 hopefully many future seasons of enjoyment from the show. Definitely, I agree with that to the max. I, I think I could be wrong. I mean, uh, don't take this as uh, the gospel, but I think it's been performing really well on Comedy Central. So I think we're we're pretty good for a while. So that's good. Um, yeah, as far as all I got to say is uh, pretty much what I said at the beginning. It, it is kind of a smarter show, um, but especially just the humor is not The Simpsons, and that's a that's a good thing. It's a totally different show. So if you ever saw it and you're like. Uh, it's just the Simpsons, same guys. Like, no, it's not the Simpsons, not at all. It's it's usually really fresh. It's got a lot of cool concepts, and hell, like everybody else said, the the cast is just great. So many great characters. So, yeah, totally check out Futurama. Uh, DVDs are available. Uh, it's on friggin' Comedy Central all the time. So definitely, definitely worth checking out, yo. Colonel, yes, a single boat against everything he's got. The pilot would have to be out of his mind. Luckily, Bison has driven me crazy. We're going to go ahead and pop on over to a movie topic for this uh, podcast. This is kind of, like I said, kind of an interesting topic. There's a lot of bad movies out there. A lot of bad movies. But sometimes you watch a movie and it's so horrible, so cheesy, or just ridiculously ill-conceived like the the quality is just so crappy you find yourself kind of falling in love with it that you're like i want to watch this movie it's so bad i want to watch it so that's pretty much what we're going to talk about right now kind of a cheese fest uh like i said i know i know justin should probably have a very good one because of his uh his acumen of doing his 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 uh, blog and his uh video cast with a retrovirus but uh, I'm going to start off with someone I haven't started off with this podcast. I want to go to Derek. What is your so bad, it's good movie? Well, I, I think there's like a lot of movies to choose from, but um, I, I guess I'm going to try to pick only one and narrow it down. So I, I'd have to go with, uh, it's a movie I own on Blu-ray, and uh, I really, I really, really enjoy it. Um, and it is Death Race 2000. Um, nice. Death Race 2000 is a, a Roger Corman film, and it came out in, I think, what is it, 1975. And so, uh, you know, you got uh, David Carradine, uh, and he's basically the lead, uh, you know, 
character or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's basically, you know, where that whole thing comes from, where you're like, hey, uh, you get, uh, you know, uh, you get 10 points if you run over grandma or whatever. You know, I don't know <laughs> if, if you've ever, you know, said stupid shit yeah. like that while you're driving around. But th- that's the movie where all that kind of stuff comes from, because basically, you know, it's a big um, uh, you know, uh, transcontinental race where, you know, the, everybody's competing, um, and, uh, you know, they get more points, uh, the more people they, uh, you know, slaughter in their cars along the way, you know? And so, you know, there's all this kind of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, if, if people were, uh, shocked and appalled at last stand of the wreckers, well, there's plenty of, uh, you know, kind of campy, goofy kind of, uh, you know, but yet somewhat serious, um, violence, you know, in the movie regarding that. Um, it also has uh, Sylvester Stallone as uh, as a heavy, uh, which is kind of rare in his career, but he plays, uh, you know, uh, Viterbo, you know, which is the, the, basically, he's the bad guy, you know, in the piece, where he's, uh, you know, uh, Carradine's rival, you know, uh, in the race and everything, and he plays kind of like a, you know, uh, uh, almost like a, a stereotypical gangster, you know, Italian guy, you know, where he's kind of like, I'm Joe Viterbo, you know, and he's like, you know, <laughs> kind of like all pissed off and everything, shooting his Tommy gun, and it's it's pretty it's pretty cool because you know it's like I, I was all this is rare you're, that you're going to get to see uh, Sylvester Stallone actually get his ass kicked in a movie, you know, because most times he's you know the the protagonist and everything and so that's kind of like rare and and unheard of and everything like that um you know and of course it's like you know i, I it's got uh, you know pretty much like a bunch of senseless violence uh, races and then of course uh, you know nudity and everything that would you know you'd expect in a kind of b corman movie but it's kind of also got this kind of weird you know, dystopian kind of future and everything. And it was just something where, you know, you, you looked at it and I I remember, you know, renting it one night and just going like, what is this movie? But you're like, so kind of, you know, captivated by, you know, everything that's going on and everything. So anyway, I, I, I think it's pretty enjoyable. And so if I had to pick just one, um, that's, that's the one I'd go with. Um, I I was going to, uh, include on that, uh, just for a little bit of vilification, well, not vilification, verification to our listeners. Um, I know you're a big movie fan, Derek. Um, yeah, for a long time, Roger Corman, I don't know about today with today's standards, since there's so many schlocky movies released, but for the longest time, he was considered the king of the B movies. He was like, he was like, if you watch a Roger Corman movie, you were watching like classic cheese, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he, he definitely ha- he'll hold a place in Hollywood, uh, you know, history. So um, is he still directing or not? Or is he still alive? I don't know. I, he you know, he I, is still alive, but I don't believe he's directing anymore. OK, I'm just wondering. Um, I want to go ahead and pop on over to our good friend, Brian. Um, what What is your so bad? It's good. movie? Um, the movie I picked is They Live by John Carpenter. But um, oh, that's an excellent fucking movie. It's actually it's not a, <laughs> I was going to say, it's not a good choice for this category, because it's not a bad movie that's so bad it's good. It's a good movie that's so good it's awesome. Um, <laughs> first of all, you got Roddy Piper as the main character, which, I mean, already sets it apart from every, every other movie you've watched. But, I mean, I think it's anti-consumerism message really rings out loud and clear today, especially with like things like the Occupy movement and the 99%. Um, you know, I'm just bullshitting there. So, uh, basically, the movie's just, and what can you say? It's a John Carpenter movie. Um, it's got the best fight scene ever with um, 
Keith David and Roddy Piper thrown down in the alley. I was going to say, it's got Roddy Piper versus Goliath. <laughs> yeah. You got great lines like, you know, I came here to do two things, chew some bubble gum and kick ass. I'm all out of bubble gum. So, I don't know. It's just a really enjoyable movie for me to watch. Um, I like most of John Carpenter's movies. Um, so, it's just it's just right up my alley, I guess. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think the only reason it would be considered a bad movie is it doesn't have a very high budget. You could tell it was kind of done on the cheap. But yeah, what you said about the storyline and like the script, it's so just it's a really good script and you just fall in love with the characters and stuff. It's it is is a really good movie. I, I actually was on Fox movie classics about a week ago and I watched the whole thing again. I'm like, I missed this movie, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember being like in high school and a buddy of mine telling me the premise of the movie and he's like, Well these guys put on these sunglasses and they can see like these shriveled like skull looking aliens. I'm like, What? That that sounds terrible. But we went to his house and watched it, I'm like, Man, that was awesome. <laughs> It, it really is that kind of movie. You like when you hear about it, you're like, oh, this sounds like shit. And then when you get done watching it, you're like, can we watch it again? <laughs> For how cheesy most of the the stuff in it was, I actually thought those faces were pretty creepy and scary. Like the first time I saw them, probably the worst thing, and in a good way because it would fuck you up, is at the end where they kind of. I'll, I'll give a spoiler. Sorry, they they do get outed. All the aliens are like kind of seen by everybody. And this chick is like boning this guy and she looks down at this alien with this fucked up skull face is like, what's wrong, baby? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, that's wrong. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, that's that. Yeah, I I would agree. That's like a movie so great. It is awesome. I, I totally dig that movie. Yeah, understandably, uh, it is cheesy, but I'm surprised, like, Roddy Piper didn't go on to make, like, any other movies that I know of, at least. He, um, he did do uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Okay, that, that I've never heard of that, so... <laughs> it, that, that, is a bad, that is a movie so bad, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to see that. It, it's Roddy Piper versus Mutant Frogs, literally. <laughs> yeah, I don't even really want to go into that one. Uh, bad how about you, Mike? Toads. <laughs> bad toads. They actually do look like battle toads, too. They're not like giant mutant frogs. They're like frog people. They're like Planet of the Frogs or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. bad. Oh, what about you, Mike? What's your uh, oh, favorite sorry. bad? I missed my cue. Oh, um, cool. Now, uh, I picked uh, the 1994, I think it was, a Street Fighter movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Ralph <laughs> Um, you know, I watched that originally when I was big into Street Fighter initially, and I was like, oh, man, this is terrible. And, you know, I also had it, like, to compare against, like, the animated movie, which was, like, great back then. And I was like, oh, man, you know, they made it. This, this wasn't Street Fighter. This is terrible. But, you know, re-watching it over the years and stuff, I've, like, really come to appreciate it. And, you know, like, knowing that that was, like, Raul Julia's, like, last like acting role before he died it just kind of makes it kind of yeah. i don't know like bittersweet kind of and like he have, didn't it does have night boat though yes it has night <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, I was going to say, it just, like, it seems like he put, like, it, it almost seems like, like, Raul Julia put, like, the rest of his life into that role, pretty much, because he is, like, as M. Bison, he's, like, so hammy, he's just awesome, you know, <laughs> and it's just, yeah, of course, yeah, 
I just I just love watching that movie. Like un- unlike the uh, uh Chun Li movie where like you said it's so bad it's bad. You know I think this the first Street Fighter movie is so good it is so bad it's good almost. So it's just like I I, I just love everything about that movie i mean i love john claude van damme i love listening to his speech towards the end it's like, he's like troopers the superiors say the war is cancelled we can all go home you know? that's, like that that speech gets me pumped pretty much just it's I, just so I understand good. physically why they why they cast him, but really like all American trooper guile played by Belgian kickboxer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh I was always sad that like Ryu and Ken were just like punks in that movie, but now now it's just got like I just love the cheese in that movie that is just funny. And uh, the the best part is Ryu doing his fireball, which is just him doing the outstretched palms and they just made like a crappy flash effect when he hit the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I also as as honorable mentions, I also like listed uh Batman and Robin. Which is I, which is terrible, admittedly, but I, I, I like watching it. You know, just it makes me laugh every so often. I, I enjoy watching like the first like twenty minutes of the movie, and then I shut it off. Like after, after he's <laughs> like, "You got to choose, free thought the bird. You be cold, Batman." And then it's like, off. Oh. Stay, stay cool, bad boy. <laughs> but like, but like, yeah, I, I, I totally like watching like the the Power Rangers riffic uh, ice sled like first twenty minutes or whatever that movie. Uh, a ra- random pimp out for that movie. If you get a chance, totally, totally, totally download the riff tracks for that because it makes the movie twenty times better. Oh, it, it the, the riff tracks on that is amazing. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 a horrible, horrible movie. Um. <laughs> so horrible. Hey Mike, before they move on, like being a Street Fighter purist, were you kind of pissed at how, uh, like they bastardized Blanca and Charlie together? Yeah, yeah, that that was another thing that made me mad, and you know they just kind of recasted characters wherever they could fit them in. Like you know, Dalsum was like a mad scientist, and well, not even Balrog. a mad scientist. Balrog was a TV news. Cameraman. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 Sagat was Wes Studi in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> And he was an arms dealer, which is, yeah. yeah. He's like, um, I am Destro, I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And they couldn't, like, they had Vega fight Ryu. Like, they couldn't even get the rivalry right, you know? They couldn't even get have <laughs> Ryu fight Sagat, you know? But, uh... But yeah, back then I was really pissed off at it, but nowadays I just love watching it, just because it makes me laugh. You guys got paid? <laughs> you got you got paid, Zangief. I, I about to say Zangief is probably one of the best parts of that movie. He has yeah. so oh, when when, when when they see when they see the the truck full of explosives on the TV, <laughs> and he's like, "Change the channel." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I was just thinking about that. Actually, that's a great fucking line. <laughs> Change the channel. Oh man. Oh, I guess I'll, I'll go to my uh, horrible but good movie. Mine is actually probably the one that made the most money, maybe except for Batman and Robin. That actually did do rather well, even though it sucked. Um, This movie made a lot of money, but it really is bad. So bad, I have to call it good. Starship Troopers. Um, 
Yeah. Casper yeah, Van Dien. Yeah. Um, this this movie was a big budget movie too. It had actually some really good special effects and stuff. I mean, for for all intents and purposes, this should have been a really really good movie as far as sci fi goes. But the script is so bad, and the acting is pretty subpar as far as serious acting. As far as cheese acting, oh, fucking awesome. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why, but whenever this movie is on, whenever it's on TBS or if it's on sci-fi, I, I just I get hypnotized. I have to watch it. It's just like, I don't know what the hell is wrong with me, but I'm just like, yeah, kill bugs, you know? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hypnotized by uh, Dina Meyer, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> that is very hypnotizing. Um, also, uh, I, I love seeing Doogie Hauser as a fucking uh, baddie in it. Kind of a baddie. He's a good guy, but he plays a hard ass, which... That's not Doogie Hauser. He, like, walks in in his fucking Gestapo, like, Third Reich fucking uniform at one point, and he's all like, I make hard choices so we could win this war. And it's like, oh, Doogie, please, no, stop. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's all. It's also got Lex Luthor and Darkseid in it. Yeah. 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 It does. It. It actually. It, I mean, like I said, it has a really rich cast of like you know talented actors. Um, I'm, like, it, I'm like, yeah, Ham Ham Tyler in any movie. Michael Ironside is is pretty awesome. I like Michael Ironside. Yeah. Unfortunately, it does have Jake Busey, but oh well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does. It also does feature Big Country. Um, but uh, <laughs> we we love you, Big Country. Just just saying, there's a similarity. Um, but yeah, it, it's just again so fucking random in how it presents itself. I I, I think one of my favorite parts as a as a young man, and and I guess this is a little bit prontastic. It's just a wealth of boobies in the shower scene where they have the co-ed shower and everybody's talking. I'm like, why don't I have showers like that at my high school where everybody's just <laughs> in and talking? That would be great, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, Starship Troopers, yeah, I mean, I mean, really, I can't say anything else about it except it's so bad it's good. So as far as anything else you want to know about Starship Troopers, would you like to know more? Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we'll go ahead and move on to Justin. What is I, I did kind of save you for last because I'm probably hyping you up too much because of the retrovirus thing. But what is your so bad as good movie? Well, the original title for the movie I picked was called Grave Robbers from Outer Space. <laughs> but, but you may know it as Plan 9 from Outer Space. Ah. And <clears throat> a lot of people will tell you it's the worst movie ever made. I don't think so. I think... You know, people who believe that should try and watch uh, Beast of Yucca Flats or Octoman or Menos Hands of Fate. Like, those are like the worst movies ever made. But um, there's just I, so. I will get your back on Manos. That is a pretty fucking horrible movie. There's, there's just so many goofy elements in Plan 9. Like, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, just like the special effects. I mean, you've got like these tiny little. UFO models that are just being kind of strung around on wires, and the acting is terrible. Like, the script doesn't make any sense, and the dialogue doesn't make any sense either. I mean, you've got, like, weird things like Criswell's uh, opening narration, and he says stupid stuff like, future events like these will be important to you in the future. And you're like, wait, <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> and then you've got, you know, like, 
this is Bella Lugosi's last movie, but you know they pulled the strings. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they they basically just got like you know two or three minutes of footage of him that they just put in there. So you've just kind of got him standing around in his uh, Dracula cape, and you know that's that's pretty much it. You know he's like looking at a flower at the beginning, and he kind of drops it. And then the rest of the movie, he's replaced with this guy who constantly has the cape over his mouth, you know, and he's like, the most terrifying thing he can do is like walk into this woman's bedroom and like menacingly like walk closely to her and then he leaves the room. So you're just like, what? What What? What was the point of that? He didn't even attack her. He just like menacingly like got close to her. Like he just made her uncomfortable and she freaked out or something. But what was it like Bella Lugosi standing like Ed Wood's dentist or something like that? Or uh, a Dennis Day New or something like that? He was someone's chiropractor. I, I can't chiropractor. remember. Chiropractor. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just so many goofy things in that movie that like you watch it and you're just like, what am I watching? But then you kind of get into it. You kind of get into like the bad dialogue of like, you know, aliens freaking out and saying, they're stupid, stupid brains. And, <laughs> you know, they're, they're trying to get this element called solarium or something that's like – rays of sunlight that if exploded will destroy the universe and you're like well and the dead are coming back to the to life and like tor johnson like get stuck in the the grave or whatever and you know <laughs> yep you've got stupid things like there's like a cop who's like taking questions or something and he's like taking his pistol and like scratching his head with it you're like well, what is this guy doing <laughs> like who acts like this but yeah that, that that's a fun movie to watch and it's it's so it's so bad it's good um, I, will, I will say it's so bad that it uh, spawned the uh, great film Ed Wood, which is yeah. I was getting ready to go into that. Like that, that Ed Wood film was probably one of my favorite Tim Burton movies. So my my favorite segment of that film is the the Plan Mind segment. So like Eddie, yeah. let's shoot this fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what the sad thing is? I know I know Justin as well. Where you two probably Derek since you've seen uh, Ed Wood, but like. Plan 9 was supposed to be, like, Ed Wood's magnum opus. This was supposed to be his big movie. <laughs> yeah. Sad, in a way. But but fitting in the same way, too. <laughs> they, um, they're they actually uh, doing a remake of it. Like, the Angry Video Game Nerd has kind of a small role, so I, I'm kind of curious to see what they can come up with. But, you know, nothing is going to top the cheese of the original. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I hope they don't try for it. I almost hope they would want to do something kind of serious comedy, like make it their own, because if they try to duplicate it, they're just going to fail horribly. You just can't, you can't replicate that much honest cheese, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, those are all great picks, all great, horrible picks, I guess, if you will. Um, all those movies we were talking about, you can find them in some way, shape or form on DVD or, uh, Mike says Starship Troopers is on fucking cable like 300 times a year, so you can totally check that out. For the future! We're going to move on to uh, it, kind of a weird for the future in a way, because this is not going to happen as far as we know, but it's something we would like to see happen in the future. Yours and mine. Uh, Madhouse, if you're not aware of it, is a anime uh, production company. They did some Marvel-related uh, releases not too long ago. They did Iron Man, X-Men, and Wolverine. And Blade. These... And Blade. I, I, miss, I forgot about Blade. Blade-o. 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 
<laughs> uh, some of these were received with mixed results. Some people really like them. Some people are just, yeah, whatever. But by and large, they seem to be pretty well accepted. They had really good animation, uh, really good uh, designs and all that stuff. So people were just kind of thinking, what might they do next? So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, pretty much we're going to try to pick four each and just come up with Marvel characters or team books or yada, yada, yada that we like to see Madhouse come up with. And because we've had pretty much kind of a go around on the carousel of fan holes, uh, Brian, I think I'm going to start with you right now. What is something you want to see from Madhouse from the Marvel Universe? Well, I picked um, new warriors, newer warriors, newest warriors, and new new warriors. <laughs> um, I, I sense a theme. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I was thinking about it, and... Um, you know, given what I saw of like the Wolverine, the X Men one, like I think any any Marvel property would be good to see from them, but especially something that would work with like a maybe like a more mature theme where they could have um, you know some some more violence in it. Uh, so I don't know, and even stuff like Fantastic Four, I, I would like to see, but I don't know how how over the top they could go with it as far as violence and pushing that type of stuff. Now, uh, I, I know you're kind of kidding with the new, newest, and uh, whatever, whatever. <clears throat> but, like, what, what what lineup of new Warriors would you just definitely want to see? Um, Honestly, I wouldn't mind, like, a, a new team as long as they had some, like, um, like, a couple classic, like, anchor characters. Like, I'm a really big fan of Marvel Boy, so he'd need to be on the team. But e- either, like, the, the original lineup would be awesome or, like, a maybe a new team of new Warriors, like, led by... Marvel Boy or Justice as he goes by, um, I'd be all for that. I, I don't know why, but I have this like desire to see Night Thrasher in anime form. Um, <laughs> as long as you don't say Rage, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's not a bad pick, actually. New Warriors would probably, like, if nothing else, I don't think they should, should do it in that style of Teen Titans Go, quote-unquote, as it's sometimes called. But I, I think, like, a young team would be kind of interesting, you know, especially, like, you know, with Wolverine, X-Men, and Blade, Blade and all that being kind of more adult characters. It'd be kind of fun to see a, a younger team kind of go out there and have fun. Uh, what about so you? If they, what if are... they did something like that, would you want them to push like a like a more kid-friendly show? Like maybe emphasize humor? Or would you want to see like a, you know, adult-oriented? Uh, well, well it, is, it is anime, so I don't know about adult. Um, but... Uh... <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But uh, as far as that, I, I think I would like something more along the lines like kind of like a Buffy thing where, okay. yeah, they have like real teenagers and they have real problems. Not so much like, you know, they're going to go fight some bad guys, you know. I, I, that's just me, though. I think that'd be an interesting dichotomy. Ooh, big word. Um, <laughs> uh, let's go to uh, Mike. Uh, by the way, as far as New Warriors goes, I think that would be pretty interesting because, yeah. For the reasons I stated, but uh, what about you, Mike? What's something uh, you do? You have four this week, or is it? Uh, yeah, Avengers, I actually new picked... Avengers, Spidey Avengers, <laughs> <laughs> Dark Spidey Avengers, <laughs> Dark Avengers Academy, and yeah, no, uh, um, I actually like thought of like sort of like anime like elements that could be introduced into like the my four choices. Like I I sort of tried to like fuse them almost. And uh, starting off, uh, continuing almost from Brian's, like, New Warriors uh, idea, I picked Nova for, like, a Nova series, maybe. Like, Richard O'Reilly, 
you know, uh, like I figured it could be sort of like, you know, Giver almost in space with like Green Lantern elements, you know, you, you know, kid gets like a helmet that, you know, links him to like this intergalactic like space force of, uh, you know, intergalactic protectors and, you know, it could kind of like steal like more green lantern elements where he has to like you know he's the new kid and whatever and you know with the nova force and then at the end like you know all the nova force can get killed except him and he can like you know have all the nova force power and you know do a super you know become a super nova dude you know or something (laughs) giant nova bomb at the end by putting his hands up you know and like summoning all the spirits of the other Nova Force members, you know. Only, only if Terex gets to go, it's over nine thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't know. Um, I also picked like Deadpool, and I figured Deadpool could kind of be like a sort of like Furry Curry or FLCL type oh, show. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> where yeah. like the animation style sort of like, like like rapidly fluctuates whenever like you know like to emphasize certain like moods or you know things that are happening or you know like when when he like makes references you know like the an image could appear above his head or something yeah, and you yeah. know like and it would work well like with his mask cuz you know most comic artists draw like Deadpool's mask as being like you know basically his face where it's like really malleable and he can like make expressions through the mask and stuff so i don't know something yeah. crazy like that yeah i could see uh, i could see things like him like sort of like how they do in full metal alchemist where it kind of goes back and forth you know like how it could be really heavy and serious one minute but then the next minute it could be like you know al is like hitting him on the top of the head or something and he could just yeah. be like you know you know ranting back and forth like why did you you know that kind of thing yeah so. yeah something like that uh for the, for the record uh i'm now down to three because you totally secret brothered me on that one even like on the <laughs> on the uh kind of execution of it so good job sir secret brothers I uh, yep i knew it and i stole your idea on purpose no no i'm just kidding Dole. Uh, Corporate espionage on fan holes. Um, <laughs> uh, another one I picked was Moon Knight, and I figured he could it could like play on like the different the multiple personalities thing, but not make it stupid like Bendis does, where his multiple personalities <laughs> are like established superheroes or whatever. But actually, like have like you know he could have like three distinct personalities and like just different like characters and like you know it changes the way he'll interact with the, like his cast like you know he could have mark specter steven grant and then you know whatever whoever else you know they make up and I then wanna, you know, i just want to hear uh japanese uh say you say frenchie <laughs> frenchie <laughs> frenchie <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just i just had the tagline of like you know Coming from Madhouse Studios, Moon Knight, now not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I figured, you know, like I was thinking of like uh uh at the end, like sort of like or at some like critical moment, like his personalities could all like do some sort of rival fusion and all like work together, you know, at the end of the series or something. Sort of like like uh Alleluia and Hallelujah and Gundam Double O, okay. like where he like yeah, like where he like phases in and out of personalities to fight some guy, and the guy like can't predict what he's gonna do because he's like a Cause different he's, personality yeah. every second. So I thought that would be cool. Or he could do and, a fusion, uh, fusion dance by himself. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to a to a mirror, <laughs> just to a. Mirror. Yeah, but you know, so basically, you know, Moon Knight, but not like Bendis does him, i.e., stupid. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, and stupid, my last, bendis. <laughs> <laughs> my last one is probably just like a, you know, almost like a personal fan favorite thing that would never get made. But a, a, a Citizen V like anime, like I, I figured it could be like kind of like a spy type thing, like a spy type anime. Uh, you know, like he, they have like the Citizen V, uh, his like you know supporting cast, the. Uh, what what are they called? I don't even remember anymore. Wow, I'm great. Um, something, something brigade, isn't it? Something oh, the like V the V battalion. That's right. The v yeah. Battalion, yeah. But they have like the giant like sort of like shield helicarrier that they fly around in and stuff. So he could be you know the agent. I was thinking he could be kind of like Roger Smith from like Big O, where you know he's kind of like a like you know, like womanizer and all that because he is pretty much you know the the. You know that kind of that kind of guy, and it, it, again, like I always think of stuff like you know that could happen from like other animes and stuff, and he could he could have a giant like Citizen V mech or robot that they like. I, 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 I was just thinking really horrible, dirty thoughts like, oh my god, look, it's the giant V. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say something like that, but you know. I think it would be funny to see like a British guy like in like Japanese, pretty much so. Nice. I know. Yeah, so those and are my picks. I, I will say one thing. As far as his costume design, I think that would work really well in anime, like, styling, too. Yeah, like, especially even with, like, Moon Knight and stuff. Like, someone with a cape. Like, capes always look cool in animation, pretty much. So, you know. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, pretty good choices. Like I said, Secret Brothers on one, so I'm down to three because I, I can't top that. I, I think a Gynax, uh representation of uh, Deadpool would be awesome. So I'm down to three now. Um, we'll go with eeny, meeny, miny, Derek. What's your, uh, <clears throat> madhouse wants and needs? Well, I sort of, I sort of tried to think more, I mean, I guess some stuff was more personal than others. Kind of like Mike said, how the Citizen V thing of his was more of a, you know, personal choice type thing. But I, I also tried to pick some things that I thought might actually, you know, uh, you know, have the sort of backing of like oh hey this had a movie or these guys are in video games you know already have some sort of i guess uh you know uh heat and steam behind them i guess if you will so uh the the first thing i thought of was since the ghost rider movie's coming out pretty soon and uh you know i am i am a fan of ghost rider you know despite you know there there's some some good ghost rider comics that are pretty awesome and there's some that are you know pretty you know stink stinktacular so uh you know <laughs> Like, you know, it's like, but, but the character and the image is pretty, pretty, you know, cool. And so I, I think that would make for a good anime, you know, just the whole, you know, flaming biker thing. And, you know, I, I don't think I would be too uh, hard up on what they would decide to do. You know, if they wanted to have something with Johnny Blaze or Dan Ketch or somebody like that, or even if they wanted to do the, the Witchblade route, you know, and have it be like, you know, it's like, you know, uh, Tomiko, you know, uh, Kakashi, the Ghost Rider, you know, like, I, <laughs> I, I would be cool with that, too, you know. I just, do you, do you yeah. like, like, Mike's idea of, like, you know, giant ghost bot or 
Just, just the motorcycle. <laughs> no, the motor. I'd keep, I'd keep the actual, you know, visuals the same. You know, I mean, you know, the, the, you know, the flaming skull head and the motorbike and everything. But I mean, it, you know, if they wanted to do their own take on it, or even, you know, have it be, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Japanese centric, I guess, you know, for for lack of a better term, you know, kind of like what they did with Witchblade. It's like, yeah, the girl had the Witchblade, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't Sarah Pizzini or anything. You know, it was their own character that they made up. So I'm like, I'm cool with something like that. Um, uh, the other thing I was thinking of that I would kind of like, and some uh, kind of along the lines of what Mike was saying in terms of particular styles, I was kind of envisioning like an Electra type anime, but done kind of in an Aeon Flux, like Peter Chung type style. You know, like maybe even kind of how they tried to loosely adapt uh, the four issue, like. Uh, you know Claremont Miller Wolverine miniseries for the Wolverine anime like maybe they could try to loosely adapt the uh, Electra assassin you know miniseries because that's about seven issues and if they you know made a 12 episode anime I bet you they could probably do something with that story and you know there's lots of violence and kind of you know more uh, mature themes because that was like an epic release and stuff and I bet you that would ease in pretty pretty well to uh yeah that would that would fly a lot better that, in japan that you know. kind of you know you know and she's kind of you know she is kind of she does have japanese kind of themes you know she is you know a hand ninja and all that kind of stuff you know she's using the size and you know that kind of stuff so i thought oh, okay that might even fly over there you know without changing her too much or whatever um and then I guess uh, springing from that, like I like Daredevil a lot, and um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing anything of his adapted, you know, for some kind of anime. I mean, to me, I was thinking it'd be cool if, you know, I, I've not seen too much done with Typhoid Mary, and I thought that might be kind of cool, you know, like to have, uh, you know, something where maybe he goes up against her in an anime. You know, I, I know people are kind of used to, you know, maybe they're used to Bullseye and Kingpin and some of those guys in the movies or whatever. But, um, you know, I was thinking something like that, a little outside the box. And, you know, you know, Typhoid Mary kind of has a, a visual look where, you know, she's kind of got her face all painted up and everything. And, you know, has a kind of a, you know, crazy, almost, you know, kind of Blade Runner-ish kind of look to yeah, her. Yeah, like, like how they drew her originally. She, was kind of, she had kind of like a boxy, like, upper torso kind of a, in a way. So, like, I, you know, I would be you know, curious to see something like that. And then also Daredevil and animation is a little easier to pass off. I think sometimes, cause I know a lot of the trouble they had with like live action stuff was like, you know, in the, you know, like in the Hulk TV thing, it's like they made him, you know, have just a black suit cause they <laughs> handle the red. And even, even in that, you know, Ben Affleck movie, I, I think some of the original test costumes, uh, you know, almost were pure black you know, to a degree, and eventually they started relenting, you know, and kind of had that sort of maroon, you know, really darkly tinted red that, that I guess worked for them or whatever, because it's not, you know, it's not an easy thing to have, like, a guy in a red costume, and then, you know, in the comics, it's easy to say, like, oh, well, he's all shaded, and he looks, like, dark and yeah. badass. Well, well, but even, even in the comic, he had more spandex, and in, in the movie, it was more like a leather outfit. Right, right, right. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is just in terms of a vibe, you know, it's like, it's like I, I think it's a lot easier, you know, even in an anime to, to sell that kind of, you know, grim and gritty <laughs> dark vibe of Daredevil's costume and still have it be, you know, a red color, you know, so, yeah. and, you know, so anyway, that, that was something <laughs> I was thinking of. And then, you know, that also, like I said, you know, Ghost Rider, Electra and Daredevil all had, 
you know, studio movies, you know, and, and, you know, they, they, you know, I guess they've all been in some video games here and there, you know, like Ghost Rider's had his movie game and has been in Marvel versus Capcom and that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, Daredevil hasn't had too much video game exposure, but, you know, it's like they're all, they're all sort of had some heat behind them in the past. Um, and then for my final choice is a little more personal, but I guess it does have some studio heat behind it, which is, uh, I, I, I love Silver Surfer. Like that's probably, you know, back, back when I, I, uh, you know, pretty much unabashedly loved Spider-Man, uh, you know, it was like, I would say my two favorite Marvel characters were, you know, Spider-Man and Silver Surfer. And while, you know, Spider-Man kind of has been put through the ringer, you know, and I, I don't know that I would say that he's my favorite character that much anymore. Um, but like, I still really love Silver Surfer and, and he, you know, may or may not have been put through the ringer here and there, but, um, you know, he doesn't get that much of a chance sometimes, I think, but I would, I would enjoy watching, you know, something set in outer space and th that one I would want to be a little more literal, you know, I would rather just have it be, you know, Norn Rad and Silver Surfer and him, you know, flying the spaceways and, you know, whoever it is, you know, the scroll, the Cree, you know, different heralds, you know, Terax, Morg, anything like that. You know, I, I would be into something along those lines, you know, whatever they kind of wanted to play with. But I'd be curious to see, uh, you know, a Japanese take on that mythos, but a little more specifically how it is in the Marvel comics. Yeah, I, I was going to actually remark, uh, <clears throat> I was going to wait till you're done, but uh, as far as Ghost Rider, even though I was not a big fan of the character in the comics, he never really clicked with me. As far as his visual look, I think Vengeance would look really awesome in animated form. Like oh, anime. yeah, 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 yeah. Vengeance is, you know, a lot of those characters, you know, they, they were kind of like the cool 90s characters. But, yeah, Vengeance, you know, was basically Ghost Rider's Venom to a degree, you know. Yeah, I think he looked kind of cool in anime kind of form cool uh oh just a, just a random note before i go to uh justin um it's funny he said silver surfer because I, I i mentioned when we were talking about uh superhero squad i was kind of behind on it i've been catching up on the uh thanos season ah. i guess you would say and i i just saw uh the one uh a couple days ago where uh they pretty much introduced dark surfer, yeah, yeah. Dark surfer. <laughs> i'm totally evil dude <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was i don't know it was funny but anyway, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and go to Justin, as I just said. We will go to him next on the the uh, Madhouse Cavalcade of Fun. What's some uh, Marvel characters you want to see done in the anime styling, sir? Well, uh, it looks like Derek and I are double secret brothers because <laughs> I also picked Daredevil and Silver Surfer. Nice. Uh, kind of like Derek, Silver Surfer has always been a favorite character of mine, so I would... I would like him to have uh, another shot at an animated series, you know, since he had the 90s cartoon. Um, and I've been I, – I, I like Daredevil, and I've been reading a lot of Daredevil comics here lately, so I would like him to get a shot too. Um, the other two characters I picked were Doctor Strange because uh, I just think it's time Doctor Strange had something something other than that one, you know, direct-to-video movie he had i think you could do some interesting things with that character especially with an animated style like i think if you i don't know if you guys have ever seen blue exorcist but i think if you took that kind of blue exorcist animated style and matched it with the character it could be pretty good yeah it's funny how the japanese like they obviously they were the the first thing they were fascinated by when they got the the marvel versus capcom you know the marvel license i like how they keyed in on shuma Gorath. 
and me and my buddies always laughed about that because we were kind of like, oh yeah, they go to the the hentai technical, <laughs> you know, technical <laughs> monster right away. Like, it's like that already exists, but it was just kind of funny. Like, sure, they picked a one-eyed tentacle monster. Like, oh, you know, we like uh, the tentacle thing. <laughs> yeah, much, yeah. Um, I actually though I, I agree with you on Justin on that because uh, Japanese anime does have their own like you know genres and. They're actually pretty good at the horror kind of anime, and I think I think Strange will work kind of good in that kind of kind of genre. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but you know, I don't know if that's what you were thinking. Yeah, but. that's that's pretty much what I had in mind. Um, the last character I picked is another favorite character of mine, and he, other than animated appearances, he hasn't really had a shot. But I would like a Namor uh, anime <laughs> series. Like oh. for him, I, I think like maybe if he took like three or four episode arcs maybe did like you know two or three episodes sit in world war two and then maybe two or three episodes where you know uh human torch cures him of being the you know a homeless guy oh, and then okay. he fights the fantastic four and then you can kind of like do another arc where you he go uh, he he goes back to atlantis and he's kind of fighting a tuma or you know somebody or something yeah like. that would be kind of cool like just kind of like how they're doing gundam age but on a smaller scale with like 12 episodes they could like do a couple episodes for each each period or whatever yeah, yeah. i get to see a, a japanese guy say imperius rexu <laughs> <laughs> i am namor what is your civilian name namor takahashi not mckenzie yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah that'd be kind of cool and, and also i mean and i don't mean this in the in a derogatory way but like namor's features always seem kind of asian to me because he does have kind of like you know kind of a i don't know he has high eyebrows and he has like you know kind of thin eyes i don't know he looks kind of asian to me <laughs> i think you know, it those, would translate those, well. it's those vulcan ears tony that's that too. <laughs> damn vulcans um I guess I'll go with mine. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm down to three because I can't top Mike's pick for uh, Deadpool. I, I totally think a Gynax Fury Curry treatment would, would really be awesome, so I can't really top that. Um, I want to move on to one which actually Brian might be like a honorable mention secret brother. I almost have a guess. As like, I, I have one in mind that I thought for sure someone would pick, so I'll let you know if you actually pick it. Uh, I was going to go with Darkhawk. Yes! Uh, <laughs> Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, they did Iron Man. Darkhawk is somewhat similar. He has armor. It's not quite as armored up as Iron Man. But he has, like, a mystical talisman. And it, it really does kind of have a Sentai thing to it. You know, it's like, Darku, Dark Crystal Power! You know? <laughs> or even even kind of what, what uh, Mike was saying before, the whole Giver thing, you know? It's like something that, you know, basically kind of envelops uh, Chris Powell or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, just an average guy who turns into, like, a, you know, super badass. I, I would prefer it be kind of dark, ha-ha-ha, and dark off, but, no, I mean, in all seriousness, I, I would like it not to be so much teeny, you know, oh, I'm just an average teenager. I would I would kind of like him to be like the Giver, where he's kind of tortured, you know, he has to, like, you know, deal with his power and stuff, so, just to make it a little well, bit different. You, you can't get much darker than having a villain named Evil Hawk, so. Good point, good point. <laughs> I, I cannot I cannot argue that one. Um, I had to do some uh, quick uh, thinking on this one because I've been uh, unfortunately 
working my butt off this week, so I had to kind of. This is the one topic I didn't have a lot of time to think of. Well, we can we I, can sell it to the Japanese by having them go out with Turbo in the anime, right? Nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, you're talking about the new Warriors Turbo, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, she's no, I'm talking about Darkhawk going out with the GoBot Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Turbo has been a name used for a lot of characters. So. Yeah, Turbo's been around. Yeah. Yes, yeah, she has. No, I mean, hello. Um. But uh, I think one that would actually be kind of a funny. This is not something Madcap, uh, Madhouse would probably do Madcap because I was going to say Madcap. That's why I came up with it. But I think Madcap would be kind of funny. Um, it'd be more of like a kids show, probably, and more of like a. It would actually be more Teen Titans Go. But it, I think it would be really good for that kind of. What's like a similar show, like a Doramon kind of kids show, just being kind of silly and stuff, and. His design is not very detailed, so it'd be easy to pull that off. And then to uh, flip the script, yo, as they say, <clears throat> I guess the fourth one, I, I mean, I'm kind of Secret Brothers again on Brian on this one because I was thinking about this just because they are an established team. And like I said, I'm, I am kind of doing this one on the fly. I think Fantastic Four would actually work really well as an anime because they do do the whole like kind of like what you guys are talking about with Nova and uh, Silver Surfer. They do that galactic kind of, you know, out there thing, which would be really cool to see in anime form, uh, you know, like Annihilus, or they could go up against Blastar, or they can, you know, they could confront, you know, maybe in a crossover Surfer and Galactus, and, you know, it'd be, it'd be kind of cool to see that. Also, uh, the way they do Reed's technical stuff, it'd be interesting to see the shift from, like, a Kirby design technology to uh, anime design technology instead of, you know, crackling bubbles everywhere you know like <laughs> i have the power blaster you know? <laughs> you know to kind of flip the uh topic a little bit um like one thing you could do to kind of make it from like a villainous standpoint is have like a dire wraith like series you know because then you could like visit like quite a few different like teams that seem to fit along into this like you know new new warriors nova rom even you know um Guardians Did the loners the go up against them? Maybe I not. Know. I know Guardians but, of the Galaxy haven't, but you could you could throw them in there easily. Yeah, so I don't know. It'd be kind of sounds like it kind of sounds like a, like an anime version of uh, Mephisto's miniseries, where like he would he would deal with a different team like every issue. Like he would fight the Fantastic Four, and then fight the Avengers, and then fight the X Men, and yeah. you know that kind of thing. So you could you know I guess if you were going that route, you know you could have the the wraiths you know encounter you know w- whatever teams you wanted them to encounter you know yeah and then and then of course uh you know the uh uh what do you call it uh you know jack flag or whatever will beat up the dire wraith at the end or something <laughs> licensing would be a bitch but it'd be an awesome series <laughs> yeah all <no>, right <laughs> great toys though um <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think probably one of the reasons why the, uh, I don't know if Derek Orr might pick the, uh, topic for, uh, Madhouse, but if you liked or hated them, they actually did kind of put a cool spin on the, uh, Marvel characters, and everybody loves cartoons, and seeing your favorite cartoon characters in anime form is always good, uh, comic characters, actually, and I think that's why we picked it, so if you would like to, to make a segue, we were talking about segues earlier, um, if you want to throw us an idea for a Marvel character or a Marvel team that you want to see like Madhouse possibly do, trust us, we have no pull. We can't tell them what to do. Uh, we do have an email. 
fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Send us uh, your your suggestions. Suggestions, and, and we or... will we will read them on the air and not mock them unless it's Jack of Hearts. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Some somebody better request a Peter Porker madhouse anime. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. And if someone requests a Spider Woman anime, we'll know it's Bendis. <laughs> yeah, I know, stupid, right? Stupid Bendis. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> uh, do do we have anything in our inbox this week? Or are we pretty? Uh, shy on uh, emails this week i don't know but i'll i'll look real quick i'm gonna go on a limb and say no yeah I, that that may be the case but you never know there there you may be know. something in there i would like to thank everybody who has sent emails we appreciate the feedback always always good to hear what yeah it's fun responding to them oh yeah <clears throat> even stupid cruiser dave hate not no just kidding <laughs> No, Cruiser, actually, your uh, email provided much discussion. It was actually a good good letter. Good letter. Yeah, we're, we're clean on emails. We, we've got a couple people following us on Twitter, which I assume are just, um, you know, spam bot stuff. <laughs> Porn bots. <yeah. laughs> Damn you, fans. I would like to thank Chrissy Big Jugs for following us on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much, yeah. <laughs> love, love, Tina loves you long time is now following you on Twitter. It's like, okay, great. Thank you, Victoria Peachbottom. <laughs> that's the best thing. I want that as a madhouse anime right now. Uh, oh, uh, uh, as Derek just said, we do have a Twitter. Uh, feel free to follow us on that if you're, even if you are, uh, what was it, was it Peach Bottom? Um, also, we do have a Facebook. Uh, get on that if you'd like. Send us, send us your comments in real time. Wow, uh, always good stuff to uh, get in touch with us. Let us know what you want. <clears throat> also, just to let you know, we don't just take comments and criticisms. If you have an idea for a show. Not going to guarantee we'll do it. It depends on if we've covered it in another topic before. But if it's a good idea, hell yeah, we'll think about it. We'll definitely uh, give some consideration. You might see your idea on the Fanholes podcast. Always, we're, we're, we're always happy to have people do work for us. Uh, oh yeah, doing work on our own. So <laughs> you can, if you can lazy us up, that's awesome. <laughs> our imaginations are almost spent. We need your help. <laughs> We've been doing this for almost a year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. 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 We thought we were so smart with our science and dancing, but look at us now at Gigatron's mercy. Uh, to uh, segue into another thing, I just like the word segue tonight. I don't know why. Um, before we do get off here tonight, we do do this every time on the podcast, and it is one of my favorite things. We're going to talk about our favorite thing, most awesome thing. Hey, what the fuck is that of the week? Uh, pretty much we just talk about something that we did, saw, watched, bought, whatever, that really just piqued our interest, was really great this week. Um, I think I've hit everybody, maybe Justin, I'm not sure if I hit Justin or not. So Justin, I want to start you off. What is your awesome thing this week? Mm, well, I have two. Um, the first one, no surprise, is a book. It is uh, Ava, My Story by Ava Gardner, and it's basically just her autobiography. And it's probably one of the best autobiographies I've ever read. Like I was kind of on the fence about picking it up, and I I read the first like two pages. And in those first two pages, she talks about being born in the South on a farm on Christmas Eve, and I'm like, oh, I can totally you know identify with this. And it, it was really great. Like there was no point in it where it became 
uh, dull or uninteresting or just bogged down with unnecessary details or anything. But it it was just a really great read. So if you know if you like autobiographies or have any interest in her, you know I would recommend you pick it up. The second thing is uh, one of my favorite '90s cartoons has came back, and that would be Beavis and Butthead. Um, uh-huh. I've really been enjoying the new season on MTV. You know, it's it's basically just Beavis and Butthead business as usual. Only now they have like you know current pop references, and in addition to making fun of videos, they make fun of stupid shows like Jersey Shore or Teen Mom and yeah. you know, just crap like that. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's really been funny. it's been hilarious so far. Nice. It's good to see Mike Judge back after uh, King of the Hill. So that's awesome. Um, I'm going to go over to Derek. What is something awesome in your world this week? Um, well, mine is, is no surprise, is a comic book. Um, the what, what I've been reading and got into uh, sort of by accident is um, the Life with Archie magazine. And the reason why I think it's kind of awesome is that, uh, well, first of all, I kind of thought at first, because it was like a magazine, like I thought it was just reprinting like the issues where, like, because a while back, like, they had Archie marry Veronica. And then a couple issues after that, it was like, oh, well, now we're going to go to another universe where Archie marries Betty, pretty much. And they, you know, he takes, you know, Archie travels down this road, you know, and it's like there's a fork in the road. And it's like, oh, this path is where he marries, you know, Veronica. And this path is what happens when he marries Betty. And he kind of, you know, sees what happens and everything. And um, I had thought, you know, and that got a lot of publicity, you know, in the media or whatever, like, oh, you know, Archie finally married the rich girl, you know, whatever. And then they kind of ignore the rest of the story because it's not a news story after that, I guess. But um, anyway, he, he, you know, basically they have like two kind of divergent universes where he married, you know, both of them. And so I had first thought the magazine was just reprinting, you know, those stories. So I kind of ignored it. But actually, they're they're all new stories that sort of continue what happens so in each uh, issue you know you get one side of the you know you know he marries veronica story and then the other side of how he marries betty story and it's actually drawn by uh, norm brayfogle and so if they're <laughs> oh, old cool. school yeah if they're old school fans of uh you know batman and detective comics his runs on those um it's it, it really helps like he he drew the 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 first like 10 issues of uh of this storyline and um it, it really weights it you know i mean they, they don't look not i was about like, to say do they do they go with the old style or is it kind of an updated style it you know what i guess he did uh he did do one of those new look archie books at some point but it's not like i, I i'd say the style is almost like a combination where you know the the faces look a little you know cartoony, but in Norm Brayfogle style. But all the rest of the art like looks very weighted and real. Like I almost want to call it like it's like reading like Watchmen of the Archies. You know, like, <laughs> like it's like it's like everything is kind of like oh remember the past guys. Like remember when we were all friends and weren't all you know doing the corporate grind and the economy didn't suck and all this kind of stuff. You know, and there's a little things where they they kind of you know they have have their own agenda you know at archie comics and like they kind of you know sneak in little things like oh jughead's you know chocolate shop was staved by the president's stimulus yay you know and there's this big, 
you know, goofy panel of that, you know, but in the meantime, you know, it's like, oh, Mr. Lodge is evil because he's big business, you know, and stuff like that, which kind of makes me laugh. But, you know, I, I have to say I was kind of, you know, interested, you know, reading kind of, you know, it's kind of like a soap opera, you know, you're like, oh, it, it, you know, what's going on? Archie's mad at Veronica. Veronica's, you know, pissed off at, you know, Archie and Reggie's on trial and, you know, they made Moose the mayor and like all this like crazy stuff is happening. And it's kind of like, you know, and, and, and it's kind of actually you, you kind of have to like have your thinking cap on because you're following two different alternate histories within the same comic. So like you're kind of like, well, wait, what happened? Like sometimes I'm reading it and I go, wait, which universe am I reading about? And I get all like fucking confused, you know, and I have to go back and go, oh, OK, wait, this is the one where you married Betty. And in this one, the chocolate shop is a franchise, you know, or whatever. And like different things, you know, different things like that are going on. And then um, and then the cool thing is, I guess, uh, Dilton Doily, he's like the, you know, the scientist kid or whatever. Like he's basically like turned into like freaking Alan Moore and he's gone like crazy. He's got like a big beard and like he's hopping <laughs> between the different universes, I guess. And like some, something's going on. But like, you know, that's part of the you know, that's like the the hook of the the, the hook of the C or Z storyline or whatever it is, you know, because you're like, yeah. what the fuck is Dilton up to? You know, and it's like it seems like he's like talking to uh, to uh, Veronica's, <laughs> uh, Veronica's father or whatever. But like he, he kind of seems like, um, you know, Dilton kind of seems like Axel Asher, you know, from like Marvel versus DC. Like he can just you know, hop in between all the different universes because he's a science whiz or something. And, you know, it sounds like he's got some big plan going on and everything. Um, but I guess, uh, unfortunately, I guess Norm Brayfogle isn't doing the interior art anymore after issue 10. But I have to say, like, those like 10 issues, like, uh, you know, Life with Archie magazine from 1 to 10, man, the art is just great. Like, if you, if they, I, and I guess this goes out to anybody, like, you know, I know people like... Uh, 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 Super God Jinrai and I think Hard Eight and people that really liked, um, you know, like old school Batman comics and stuff like that. Those runs on Detective, like I, I think it's worth just looking at just for the art, almost, you know, like because it's like it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, this is Archie, what, you know? But then it's like you look at it and it's kind of like, dude, this is, you know, I don't know. It just it just seemed like it, it makes it really weighty and heavy, so. That and and you know and I couldn't I couldn't really stop reading it like I've been reading it all week and everything so that's uh, that's my awesome thing. Neat. Hey, it's always good to see Archie get some love. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I guess I'll go next uh, real quick. Uh, we, me and uh, Justin have talked about this along with some of my uh, other friends online. Uh, I don't think I've actually brought up here on the uh, podcast proper, but one of the things I've been really enjoying. I watched the uh, newest episode last night. It comes out every Thursday. Um, it's a YouTube channel that combines two of my favorite things to do, uh, drinking and eating food. It's a show called My Drunk Kitchen. Uh, <laughs> there is our uh, host named Hannah Hart, <clears throat> and basically she gets sauced and cooks food. <laughs> it is incredibly funny. <laughs> it, is, it is ridiculous. She has a very quick wit. She's a very funny uh, young woman. And... It's actually funnier than a lot of the shows I see on normal, uh, regular television. It's only about, at the most, maybe 10 minutes long, so you don't have to worry about committing a whole lot of time to it. Uh, if you want to look it up, it's uh, under the uh, channel name My Harto. It's really good. It's just silly, fun stuff. If you want to see a chick get kind of hammered and try to make pizza, 
there you go. Pretty much. Uh, that was the one that just came out this Thursday. It's, it's pretty good stuff. I, I enjoyed a lot. I know, uh, Justin, you're a pretty big fan, too. Um, you know, I think my favorite one is she tries to make uh, cookies and she ends up making muffins instead somehow. And she's when she like opens the oven, she's like, "What? How did I do this?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, as far as I know, and uh, I see no reason to think otherwise because she does drink on the camera. She really does get plowed during the uh, cooking process, so always good stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, definitely check that out. So it's pretty funny stuff. Uh, what about you, Brian? What is something that is awesome in your corner of the world. Well, I would like to say no surprise here as well, because mine is a game. Um, last week was my birthday for my birthday present. I got the Metal Gear Solid HD collection for PlayStation 3. Um, it's essentially just a collection of Metal Gear games uh, redone in HD. Uh, it's Snake Eater Metal Gear Solid 3, which is uh, probably my favorite Metal Gear game. Um, and it's the subsistence version which has the 3D camera, um, which doesn't seem like a lot to probably non-Metal Gear fans, but uh, to people, to anyone that's played like Metal Gear, like one of the biggest things to overcome is like the controls are, I don't know, kind of convoluted and a little bit archaic. And like um, for a long time, they always had a fixed camera to where the only, the only way you could like look around would be in the first person view. And I guess that was mostly due to the director Hodea, Hideo Kojima's um, uh, preference because he gets like motion sickness really easily and they had an <laughs> easter egg where uh if you if you uh put snake in the 3d viewer and spin him around he'll eventually vomit but anyways uh with the subsistence he relented and allowed a 3d camera it makes the game a lot easier to play um so i've been playing that a lot uh also in the collection is metal gear solid 2 which i haven't played very much raiden sucks and um <laughs> They also threw in the PSP game, uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. And uh, that's been the biggest bonus for me because I don't have a PSP, so I'd never played that game. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. It's kind of a faster-paced Metal Gear game. Uh, there's still a lot of sneaking and whatnot, but, I mean, you can actually, like, move pretty quickly and not, I don't know. It's just not as slow-paced of gameplay as the other versions have been. And there's also, like, a recruitment aspect to it. Where basically, in the story, you're playing as Big Boss, and it's during the time period where you're basically creating Outer Heaven and making your own, like, you know, no nation army. Just, uh, and you live on, like, an out offshore, like, oil platform. So you're, like, putting all this together. So in the game, as long as you're not killing your enemies, like, if you just knock them out or, you know, subdue them with, like, Trank guns, um, you can uh, recruit them for your team. And they all have, like, different skill sets. Like, um, it's, like, rated, like, A to E. Um, like, some are really good at uh, creating, um, like, new weapon systems and such. Some are really good at combat. Some have really good, like, medicine skills. So, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun, like, almost like a simulation aspect, like, putting together your army and putting all these people in place. Cool, cool. Um, do, you, do you think the uh, presentation... Uh is actually enhanced by the whole HD thing or? Oh yeah. I mean, um, they've done a number of collections already. Like God of war had an HD collection come out right before God of war three was released. I know they've done it with, like Sly Cooper games. I, I don't know. They do look a lot better. It's not like they completely redo the graphics and like, you know, it doesn't look like a PlayStation three game, but it just looks like a really, really awesome PlayStation two game. Basically. They, they just clean it up a little bit. Yeah. 
Okay, cool, cool. Awesome, awesome. Uh, for you gamers out there, definitely pick that up. And last but not least, uh, I did pick you last this time because it is the quote-unquote Mike Show. Um, <laughs> I just love that title, the Mike Show. Uh, what is your awesome thing this week, Mike? Uh, I just wanted to say, Brian, uh, I don't mind Raiden, but whenever I think of him, all I can think of is naked cartwheels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, yeah. But uh, my awesome thing this week is uh, something kind of simple that really made me happy. Uh, um, like, if you, you guys know that I'm a big fan of Conan O'Brien, and uh, this past week, uh, like, I guess he not officially revealed, but, like, he pretty much did it, and, like, everyone kind of, like, clued in on it that, I guess, like, ever since he's gotten his new TBS show, he hasn't been able to use, like, any of the classic skits he had, like, on Late Night with Conan O'Brien or The Tonight Show, I guess, because NBC owns those skits, and, like, obviously, now that he's on another network, they don't want him to succeed, so, you know, they won't let him use them. But, uh, this past, like, Thursday night, uh, the TV came came down and like a picture of Donald Trump came up with the mouth moving. And so I think that that was pretty much, yeah, that was pretty much his way of telling you, Oh, I can use all my old skits again. And you know, he had, he had, what's his name? Um, uh, I forgot the guy's name. Um, the guy who does like triumphs voice and like all pretty much all the, the voices oh. on the TV. Um, damn it. I forgot his name now, but, uh, it was that he did, guy. Uh, he did a TV Funhouse, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Robert Smigel. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, but it, he, it was that guy again, and, like, it, it looks like, you know, he'll be able to do all his old skits again, and, you know, he, he had Robert Smigel on as, like, Donald Trump, and then he had, like, Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger on the TV, and he was, you know, he did his classic, you know, uh, everyone must buy my, everyone must buy my number one smash hit holiday movie, Jingle All The Way! <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. uh, that just made me happy, and it you know it gives me hope that it'll like bring back a lot of other skits that I've been missing, like you know in the year two thousand, you know. And... Uh, actually, I don't know if you know this, Mike, but uh, when he was in New York, uh, I don't know if he got this one early or NBC was being generous. But he did have the masturbating bear on one of the episodes. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so that was kind of a hint, and I was like wondering, is this just a New York thing? Or, but yeah, this this seemingly confirmed it that he can use his old skits again. So that that made me happy. So that's Hooray my for for Pimpbot two thousand coming back. <laughs> yeah, or or Shoeverine. <laughs> nice. It's just just Wolverine with shoes on his hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do miss classic Conan. You know, that was always, oh man, hoping beyond hope, the fucking top Walker Texas Ranger lever comes back. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know about that one because like the, I don't think like they even own the clips of you know Walker Texas Ranger. I think NBC owns those. Oh but, yeah, true. Yeah. But it, it would be awesome if he could. Those were great too. Yeah, I love that. I love that little skit he, uh, uh, skits he used to do with those. Awesome, yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah, he was kind of hampered by NBC. I won't go too much into politics, but I am a fan of Conan, too. And uh, I think the uh, <clears throat> nicest way to say it is NBC tried to fuck him in the ass, and he still came out on top in, in mostly good fashion. He still got fucked over, though. But anyway, <clears throat> screw you, Jay Leno. You're not funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is some great, awesome things this week. Really good stuff. I, I've had fun tonight. This has been a pretty good show. The the Mike show has proven to be 
a success in my eyes. Good topic. Good topic. Mm-hmm. Um, don't the, don't blame this show on me. <laughs> the the funny thing is though is actually the uh, the Mike show was was coined by Derek. It was just a lot of topics that seemed to uh, pertain to Mike. So it really isn't Mike's fault. So we we, we can't can't totally give him uh, any kind of ego. Mega megalomaniacal uh, influence on this. It was it was coined by somebody else. We just thought you, it you can good. send your angry anti Mike emails to <laughs> Fandles Podcast at gmail.com. Attention, Mike. Uh, no, you go ahead. Send it care of Derek. That's fine. I'll take hey, all the emails. Hey, the, the the ratings on this podcast went down after the Mike show. Just saying. <laughs> just just saying with uh, just saying a G, just saying uh, <laughs> just saying. Mark Wade kicks ass. <laughs> oh man. Um but yeah, yeah, I, I definitely had fun. As usual. It's always good talking to uh the fan holes. Always entertaining. I hope you guys keep following us. We do our regular podcasts as often as possible. We do do the sidecasts. We have plenty of those in the queue, so look forward to those as well. Have a lot more shows coming up, a lot more stuff to talk about. Uh, we've already pimped out all our other things. I know last week we talked about Derek. He's going to be doing Amazing Spider-Man uh, very soon on uh, History of Comics on Film. Uh, I don't think we talked to Mike about anything that he's got coming up. Do you got anything coming up, sir, or are you, you good? I wash myself with a rag on a stick. <laughs> Look forward to that on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> uh, what about what about you, Brian? I know we uh, haven't really pimped on you too much. Or are you just doing the life and raising your kids, sir? Yeah, just busy with life mostly. Cool, cool, cool. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, that's a 24-hour job. Uh, and again, like I said, we pimped out. Uh, he wasn't here last week, unfortunately. Uh, glad to have him back. We did pimp out the retrovirus videos and blog. Be sure to check that out from Justin. Always good stuff. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, great show. I Like I said, again, had a good time. Any last thoughts from anybody? Data has a no. I think <laughs> we have wrapped up the Mike show successfully. Thank you for joining us in the Fanholes podcast. As always, I remain Tony Changlaw. Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. Hey, this is Derek. Derek WC. It's Mike Wrecking Rule. <laughs> Justin Grimaud. All right, folks. We'll see you next time on the Fanholes podcast. Peace. The war is canceled. The The war war is canceled. 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 The crazy coke driving accident sprees in my Ferrari on Sunset Boulevard, however, are not canceled. (laughs) Who wants to go home and who wants to go with me? (laughs) Do do we have to get in your car?